The following episode of Max Level is brought to you by Level Down Games. Check us out over at leveldowngames.com for the latest reviews and brand new episodes of both Max Level, a video game podcast every Monday, and BG Mania, a video game music podcast every Wednesday. You're listening to the Max Level podcast for June 17th, 2019. On today's show, we've made it to episode 100, baby. Instead of the usual celebratory events you'd find on other podcasts for this milestone, we decided to celebrate the fact that E3 season is over with the 20 biggest games of E3 2019. Here the crew go in-depth with each game while slipping in mentions for other games to include as many things as possible in this E3 recap episode of the Max Level Podcast. On with the show. Welcome everyone to a very special and different kind of Max Level Podcast episode today because it is episode 100. We've made it to 100 episodes and normally when a podcast reaches this milestone, there's a big celebration. There's a celebration of the show, a celebration of the host, probably just me and not Frank. There's a celebration of a lot of different things. Never Frank. Never celebrate Frank. Can we please celebrate Frank? Never celebrate Frank. But Frank is here. You just heard him. We also have Sean. hey And Kyle. Good morning. <laughs> we have a very, as I said, different episode today for Max Level. The intro is different. There's going to be zero music. There will still be sound cues because Sean is still here. But we're going to celebrate something different today. We're not even going to celebrate us for episode 100. We're going to celebrate video games. Because we're just coming off of a very special E3 week. E3 was different this year, but it was still fun. It was still exciting. And there were still plenty of games to be excited for leading through the rest of 2019 into the next generation of games. So what we're going to do today, we're going to take 20 of what we feel are the biggest games that were at E3 this past week. And we're going to discuss them for a couple of minutes each. We're going to talk about why we're excited, why you should be excited, and why this game is at least worth making our list. And again, we have a very diverse list. This is going to be a long episode because we have 20 games, roughly three hours. So strap in. It's going to be fun. But we're going to immediately kick things off with game number one, and that's Marvel's Avengers. And we're kind of split on this game, and I was excited about that. Marvel's making an Avengers game? Yeah, isn't that crazy? But Marvel's not making it. Crystal Dynamics is making it and Square Enix is publishing it. But we're split on this. And I want to start with you, Kyle. Why are we split on this? I feel like we probably swapped places. Like this was a game that you probably weren't super duper excited for. And I became I I was really excited for. And then we kind of swapped where now you're really excited for it. And I kind of I kind of stepped down a notch. I I feel that that's probably an accurate statement, actually. Yeah, and I think it, I think it just boils down to the type of games that you and I like. I am a huge comic book superhero fan, have been my whole life. I know that Sean is as well. Frank, mm-hmm. absolutely. Yeah, I thought so. I thought so. And it okay. It it does look like a very fun game. It is a game that I am probably going to play. But the from from the description of the game and from the trailers of the game, it does kind of seem like a Destiny type game, right? Where you you are a character, you run missions, you run quests, and then you come back and you get modifications to your suit. Is that right? That is exactly what I'm getting from it. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Now, that's not my favorite type of game is the only thing. What I, I think what I was looking for was something less 
multiplayer driven and something much more with a with a single player focus where you could go out as a team, you could pick your character and you know, go go on to these uh, Avengers type based missions. I like the idea of the story that they're doing. It seems like a really neat original story. Mm-hmm. I like the idea of continued support. Obviously, the the game has a lot of really good press behind it right now. There's no loot boxes. There's no microtransactions. Right. All Two this, very, very positive things. I that, love that. I that love that. And, to and continue for, being stressed until next March. For that reason alone, I'm still really hyped for the game. Like after after the trailer, my hype steps down a little bit. And then they announced that. And I said, you know what? I can support a practice like that in today's gaming industry. I do still really like that. And I do. I am still interested in the game. It is still a game that I'm going to play. I do like the continued support that none of that is going to be paid DLC. You know, the characters are going to be added. Missions are going to be added and you're going to get to play hopefully what eventually becomes this huge wide array of characters. The first one, which we saw is presumably Hank Pym is Ant-Man, right? Which is going to be such, I don't know how they're going to work that into a game. I don't know how they're going to work in the Pym particles and the Ant-Man powers into a game, but hopefully that turns out to be a lot of fun. That actually, you know, could potentially be the funnest character of the game, shrinking things or blowing things up. You made, original a, you, Avenger. you made a good point that oh, an original Avenger would be interesting, but you made a good point how they're going to continuously add content over time and it will always be free, as they said. But is it going to get to the point where there's going to be too many characters to manage? Like we know the Avengers is this massive team. I don't know how they plan on tackling the level up system. Like if your level just is one overarching level and it applies to all the Avengers or if it. each character has their own level. If that's the case, it's going to be hard to take up more than, at say, two or three characters for someone like myself or someone like Sean. It's probably going to be hard to take up more than one character. And that kind of scares me a little bit. But Sean, I want to quickly talk to you about this because this could be the anthem game that you and I wanted back in February with the failed actual anthem, because it gives me very much like strong vibes of that as well. You know, honestly, when it comes right down to it, they could do whatever they wanted with the game and I'd still be hyped for it because the production value behind it and everything about the game just screams awesome. You know, when you see the trailers and all the gameplay footage, the third party, um, the third person view, excuse me, is amazing. Yeah, it flows naturally. The game looks like it's got a lot of intuitive like nature to just the navigation alone and the battles look so dynamic because of it. But what I really like about the game is just it gives you a chance to explore characters from their own POV. So when we see a movie, we always see characters play their own roles and they just have like these little spotlights segments where like 10 minutes of the battle, only 34 seconds of it. You actually see what Hawkeye's doing, you know, so it's kind of it's kind of nice and refreshing to have an Avengers experience that's new and mainstream that actually allows you to play the entire event as one character, which I know a lot of people are bummed out because you want to switch back and forth and stuff. But that means to me that you can do different things with the game and extend that, you know, replay value. So if they keep adding things to it, too, that's even better. I, I think it's a, a good little mix and it's a refreshing take on kind of like a multiplayer pseudo MMO anthem type feel. But really, it's more story driven. So I, I, I'm in, dude. It's got to be awesome. Yeah. If it's not awesome, it's going to be the biggest flop ever, in my opinion. 
I, I don't think there's any way this can flop just based off no. of IP and, and namesake alone. Frank, you're probably the biggest when it comes to Destiny style games in terms of who like what we play here on the show. I know you've been a huge fan of Destiny, not so much Anthem. You never jumped into it, but I know you like uh, Destiny. I know you like Borderlands. Are you excited for Avengers for that reason? Absolutely. I'm, I'm sold on this game. Yeah. Uh, in fact, I've already made my decision on like what console I'm getting it on simply for what they said during the conference. You're getting on Stadia. I already know. No. Oh, wow. Not. OK. Oh, you're getting on PlayStation because you want to eventually get Spider-Man, hopefully. That's exactly why I'm getting on, on, on there, because they said, yeah. you know, something special. We're going to do with Sony. We're not stupid. We know what that means. Um, Potentially. Spider-Man. I think it would be kind of a mistake to give just PlayStation Spider-Man, because I think that would piss it's, off a lot of people. That's what I'm saying. I don't think it's Spider-Man. I don't think it is either. It's Spider-Man. It's Sony owns Spider-Man. That's the reason why you're never going to see him on the roster with anyone else. Yeah, someone made a a comment. He's in the Ultimate Alliance 3 game, isn't he? Um, Yes. Yes. Is he? Yeah, he's in Ultimate Alliance 3. Someone made a comment on one of our YouTube videos. Sony owns the film rights. Correct. That's exactly what they said. They only only own the film rights. Okay, okay, I could stand corrected on that, but uh, if that's the case, maybe Stadia. Uh, (laughs) I'm super hyped for this, just for the fact that it is like Destiny. Um, I I, want to like specialize in a character. This way, when I drop in and play someone's game, like, oh, look at this guy. He's a a high level Thor. Nobody plays as a high level Thor. This guy (laughs) plays a high level Thor. That's that's Uh, what I'm talking about. That that kind of stuff's going to be exciting. Like. The it will be an MMO in that style because each character is going to have different abilities at high level or different ways that they play at certain levels. And it's going to make the game interesting, regardless of who you choose to play. There will be different play styles for different characters that fit different people. Like, I'm definitely going to lean more towards a probably like some an Avenger that uses more magic than anything else, because it's usually how I play these types of games. But I can't really think of who I'd want to play as except for maybe like Scarlet Witch. And I don't think she's going to be in the game, at least for any time soon or ever. So <laughs> I don't know. Oh, boys. <laughs> that means it's time for our next game. Oh, man. Which means we're moving on to Dragon Quest Builders 2. And this one right here, Kyle, we're going to focus on this one. Just you and I, for the most part, Sean, Frank, feel free to cho- uh, tune in if you want to. But Kyle and I are extremely excited for Dragon Quest Builders 2. Now, Why? Kyle, I think you said you didn't play the first one, right, Kyle? I did not know. Okay, so it is a Dragon Quest Minecraft type of game where you are going out there and you're reshaping the world, building, doing everything you want to do. But Frank, the reason why I'm excited, and I don't know about Kyle, but the reason why I'm excited about Dragon Quest Builders 2 is this is at heart a full fledged Dragon Quest game with an actual. This one actually has a unique story. The first one did as well. But Dragon Quest Builders 1 actually centered around rebuilding the world from the first Dragon Quest. So it was set in an alternate timeline universe where the hero lost and you had to rebuild the world and reshape it to retake it back from the evil that that took over in the first game. It was a super cool idea because it actually made sense to why it was Minecraft style and why you were rebuilding the world. So it all fit. But it's still a Dragon Quest game. You still have quests. You still have monsters to defeat. Much like Minecraft, I think. I really never put too much time into Minecraft, but I know there's things to defeat in Minecraft as well. But Dragon Quest Builders 2 blows that open because it's an actual full-fledged game this time they're keeping the minecraft stuff in there and they're actually releasing a demo on ps4 june 27th so we can check it out before it comes out on july 12th i don't think the switch is actually getting the demo 
but I'm excited for the fact that they're giving us a full fledged game with different things to do. Plus, you can now play multiplayer in this thing so you can link up with friends. You can jump online. You can play together. And it seems like a lot of fun. Kyle, why are you excited for this? Because you said you were glad I would put this on the list because you were surprised to see it there. But you were glad it was there. Because this isn't a game that I was initially excited for at all. I didn't like I said, I didn't play the first one. Looked like an interesting concept, but a concept that's done, you know, been done a 100 times by now between Minecraft and uh, and uh, what's that other game that's a lot like Minecraft? Anyways, I mean, you know what I'm saying? There's a 100 games on the apps on any app store. Any game world now is 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 has some sort of builder component to it. Right. And Dragon Quest is not a series that I'm traditionally super interested in anyways. But this game really seems like it's expanding on the idea of builder world. Right. Yeah. Of get get uh, mats and and build houses and towns and buildings and literally whatever you want. This really seems like the first one that I've seen that super duper expands upon that idea in a 3D arena. There's a full fledged story. Tons of story to to unfold there. There's NPCs and there's farming and there's cooking. I mean, there is so much you can command other people. It showed, you know, having having other NPCs build for you and telling them what to do so that you don't have to spend time on a, on a tedious, you know, 129 block row for a huge mansion. You're making, whatever <laughs> it is. Have, have one of your minions do it. This right. really seems like the first game in the genre that super expands on that idea and really introduces new elements to it. I used to play Minecraft years ago with Sean and, and we had a, we had a couple of servers that we ran through and got huge expansive cities up that were, that were so, it was so much fun to do, but at the end of the day, Minecraft is Minecraft. And once you get past the building mechanic and the exploration of the, of the procedurally generated world that you're in, there's not much deeper to go. This game is all of that plus a ton more. Yeah. This seems like an expansion on that genre, which which is actually really exciting for me. Sean, I didn't know you used to play Minecraft so much. The fact that you used to play Minecraft all the time and the fact that you and I just talked last night while playing Dead by Daylight about you potentially buying Dragon Quest XI. You're not excited for Dragon Quest Builders 2 at all? Right. First of all, I'm a cornucopia of video game intensity. <laughs> this man is a potpourri of interest. I don't want to be put into a box, okay? I enjoy all the highest quality video game experiences. But I will tell you right now, I love Minecraft because it gives me the opportunity to do whatever the freak I want, whenever I want. Sure. But but you know what? Dragon Quest Builders, man, the first game looks good. And if you guys got it and there was a way for I you know, for me to enjoy it with you, I'm I'm kind of interested. I don't think I have any bias towards the game. I just don't know much about the series. I don't have any stake in the experience as it is now. So sure. why would I be hyped for a sequel? But the game undeniably looks beautiful. It just is. It's a it's a fresh take on a block building game where it doesn't look like some kid built it on his Nintendo and modded it for a PC. You know, so it, for me, it. It might be a game that we enjoy, but I would like to see it in action first. OK, I know I I'm, buying know. It. I'm buying it on Switch. I don't I, I'm assuming Kyle's probably also getting it on Switch. But uh, if that's the case, then maybe you could jump in as well if we end up liking it. Frank, I know you like Dragon Quest as well. Just don't care about Minecraft I, style, though, huh? I'm not, I'm not a Minecrafty kind of guy. I, I suck at building things in general. So even 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 the Sims, which I, which I enjoy, I suck at building houses. Uh, yeah, I'm I, I, I'm, I'm not a big fan of the builder games. I haven't played with Legos since I was 11. 
Okay. Uh, so you're yeah. missing out, man. <laughs> what about the lego games have you played those i love the lego games they're not really builder games so you yeah, hold that, the button yeah down and then build no, i know you just said legos and it kind of hurt my feelings <laughs> the lego games no, technically I, can play themselves too for sometimes I, I, and i have a soft spot for lego i love i love legos i just haven't played with them since i was a little kid yeah like, i know you guys got better things to do kyle like play dungeons and dragons <laughs> yeah too soon, man. Too soon. I'm sorry, brother. I'm sorry. Yeah, too. Yeah, our, our condolences. That sounded like an emotional session. Though. Yeah, that was. That sounded rough. I am excited for Dragon Quest Builders too, though. I, w- I will be picking it up on Switch. I know Jessica's excited for it too. That's the, one of the reasons why I'm getting it on Switch so that she can play it handheld and and take it with her. But I'm out of things to say on Dragon Quest Builders too. So we're gonna move on to game number three. Reset the timer. We're gonna move on to the Outer Worlds, which is a game that I hope we're all excited for. Because I know we're all big fans of Bethesda style games, Skyrim, Fallout. That's what this is. Hopefully with a more competent team behind it. <laughs> it's Obsidian. It's the guys that made New Vegas. So it's the guys that made the Stick of Truth. It, it's going to be good. It's going to have a great story. But it literally looks like Fallout. And that's okay in my book. I'm going to play the crap out of it for that reason. A giant, full-fledged, single-player game. Microsoft was confident enough in this game to start the show with it on Sunday. Like, this was their big opening game. And that's exciting. Do you you ever think that this is, like, the Fallout 76 vision that should have been? I wonder what's going on, because there's... I know Obsidian was never set to make the next Fallout game anyway, but... There were potential rumors that they were working on something Fallout related several years ago that never panned out. It really feels like they took whatever they maybe were going to do and turned it into this. And again, if they did that, that's super smart because this game looks phenomenal. There's so many things to do. We saw the shrink ray within the in the actual trailer there with the uh, start of the show. A lot of things going on here, but it seems Almost, in my opinion, better than what Fallout 4 was. Now, again, we haven't seen enough of it yet. Fallout 4, Frank, Fallout 4 is not that good of a game. I'm sorry. Yes, it was. <laughs> no, it wasn't. Fallout 3 and Fallout it. New Vegas are way better. Fallout 4 the is Institute. is slightly above average, but it's definitely below great. They're I'm hoping. You, Ryan. That's fine. I'm hoping. I'm hoping they do, actually. But I'm hoping that <laughs> the Outer Worlds is, is just this experience that we wanted i don't know what do you guys think i think that there's nothing that says that bethesda has the corner in post-apocalyptic survival you know first person shooter type games it's nice to have competition in this space because let's be honest bethesda's gone a little stale they have in this arena and and i'm not going to say that to be mean because i like their products they're just they're not pushed it's just like we're wrestling fans here and we all watch WWE, but the product has been lacking for years and now they've got some competition. That's exciting for us because we want to see what they do to step up. Right. So if right. this is something that they release and it's successful, it should put Bethesda on notice. It should give them reason to go back to the drawing board and think, eh, maybe we shouldn't just keep on making the same thing and let's innovate this and make it better. So this is just a win for gamers. You, you look at it any other way and it's like, yeah, you're wasting your energy. I don't know, Frank, you tell me. I am honestly more excited for the soundtrack. I, I, if, if they're going to go like the, the fallout kind of style, what kind of songs are they, what kind of songs are going to slide into this? Is it gonna I be actually like don't think they're going to do that. I actually, I think they're going to do, I think they're actually going to go a little bit different from the, 
typical type of music we hear in those style I'm games. To, I'm willing to say that, I'm willing to say this is just a rescan of a Fallout game. I think it's going to be more interstellar. Like, you know, the, the music's going to be more that type of feel to it. Like not like not necessarily electronica, but it'll definitely feel like it's from outer space. At least that's what I'm hoping. That's I'm, what the game is more expansive kind of wide. Yeah. Feel of, yeah. That's what I'm getting. That's, what, I, I'm that's getting. kind of what I got from it, too. Looks like yeah, a good game. Looks like a really fun game, honestly. Now, I'm going to rock that shrink rate like you wouldn't believe. <laughs> <laughs> I'm assuming this is something that we might all eventually end up playing. Maybe not right away for some of us, but I think that eventually we'll, all of us will get around to it. Uh, Frank and I probably will be the only two that buy it on day one. But I think that this has the potential, honestly, because whenever Obsidian releases the game, you think back at how great their games have been. New Vegas, yeah. one of the better, if not the best Fallout experience ever made. Stick of Truth, fantastic RPG and a great South Park game. The fact that this got confirmed for this year, I think really blows wide open the doors for game of the year because the outer worlds could technically sneak in and win at some places. It, I really think it's going to be that good. Sleeper hit. It would, no, I don't know. I don't even know if it's going to be a sleeper. I think this could be a massive hit. And that's exciting if it is. The PR machine. I think it'll be a huge yet. hit. I think it will be. I think it. It definitely has to be. And when it is, I hope that Bethesda takes notice. Like we said, Sean, I know you said that, you know, hopefully this puts them on edge, hopefully gives them a little kick in the ass to make not only Fallout 76 continue to make that better, but whatever they're doing with Starfield. If Starfield flops, my God, Bethesda's in trouble. If Starfield flops, Bethesda's in trouble. Is Starfield being made on the on the same engine they've been using for a thousand years? If so, they're in trouble. <laughs> it's, it's on the Oblivion engine. That's, yeah, if it's on the Oblivion engine, that's what's going to really like hitch that for me. If yeah. it's not on the Oblivion engine, I'll really give it a shot. If it is, I'm like, I'm really considering not playing any more games ever again on that engine. I'm sick of it. But yeah, just look at this conversation, engine. though. Take a step back. We're talking about the Outer Worlds, and we're still talking about Bethesda. That's, so I know. There is, there is a standard there that obviously has been met by them and this is definitely us trying to rise to it and meet that bar and go above it so you know bethesda's not busted they're still doing good stuff and and so i'd like to see obsidian change the game i don't think that they have to compete with fallout i don't think they have to become bethesda light i just think that they have to make an experience that takes us away from what we know and so that's to me the way to do that is the soundtrack i mean the the fallout games i think they are kind of lacking in the music and it cheapens the experience a little bit and so i'm hoping to see I something got spurs that jingle jingle, jingle. <laughs> <laughs> it is a it's a good way to move on though the fact that hopefully they do something different and i think you're right the soundtrack is definitely a good spot to do that and a game series that always does unique things with their soundtrack, especially in their trailers, because they always take popular music and, and kind of spin it a little bit. Gears, what we used to know as Gears of War, now just known as Gears. Uh, Gears 5 coming out in September. Did anyone play Gears 4 and is anyone else excited for Gears 5? First of all, what's with the name, dude? This isn't Fast and Furious. We don't need to be changing movie titles. Like I am what, slightly upset. I'm slightly upset they dropped the of war out of the name. Like it's not even in the like the press. It's not on the box art. It's nowhere. They could have called them Gears Raiders if they really wanted to. <laughs> Get that crap out of here. Get it on out of here. The Gears That's experience. Right, <laughs> I like it. I and shout out to Microsoft for providing us with this, but we did get a code for Gears 4 back in the day when it came out, and I played through that and reviewed it for leveldowngames.com. Fantastic game. 
they moved away from what we knew with the original trilogy. And Frank, you're a huge fan of the original trilogy. I know that for a fact. Yeah. You, you never got around to playing Gears 4. I think you would love Gears 4 because it takes the best of what they did with the original trilogy and they do just enough that is different to give themselves an identity away from Epic, who developed the first three games, because this is uh, the coalition that that is behind this and, you know, Gears 4 and Gears 5. It's centered around Kate, who ended up becoming a very important character. You didn't play as her in Gears 4. It does look like you are playing as her in Gears 5, but you're following her story for the most part. You know, you come across Phoenix. You actually played as Marcus Phoenix's son and you come across Phoenix. You come across Cole, all these characters that we came to know and love from the original trilogy and seeing what they're doing several, several, several years later now. But the my issue with Gears 4 and the reason I'm excited for Gears 5, and it's not even an issue. It's just the fact that the way that they developed the game, it got to a point in the story where it just it got amazingly good. You found out something about your mother. You get this item and then it cut to a black screen and the credits started rolling. It felt like the game just stopped and ended. It was such a huge cliffhanger that I've been dying to see what happens next. I've been waiting for Gears 5 and it seems like it's taken forever. What they showed off the first time we saw it last year at E3 looked really good. What we saw this year looked even better. So I am excited. We won't spend too much time on it since I'm the only one that's actually excited for it. I was hoping at least one other person would be, but if we're not, we're not. I submit I submit that I am excited. I okay. think some okay. of us have have uh, aspirations for this game that maybe aren't okay. traditional Gears players. Okay, then what are you excited for then? Perfect. I'm glad you are. I, well, honestly, I think that if you're going to change the narrative of the series and make it different and evolve, that's an exciting feature. Yeah. You know, as, as a gamer, you should celebrate that because if they keep churning out the same game, then there's a problem. But they've constantly made this series evolve. And I was a Gears fan back in the day. We enjoyed playing. I think we all were. I think I think especially with like Gears 1 and 2, we all were into that multiplayer heavily back on the 360. I'm mostly excited because now as a person who's not traditionally an Xbox One player, I could get into this game. I mean, they're they're probably going to release it on PC. They're probably going to make it available oh, yeah. some way for Absolutely. me to enjoy it. Xbox Game I would Pass. Consider day it. I mean, what, I'm not going to sit here and say I'll get it. Now, Frank, are you going to play it on day, on Game Pass then? Yes. Is, uh, Gears, as as is Gears 4 on Game Pass? Not yet. There's a very limited uh, lineup right now on Game Pass because okay. they, they just launched it. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I'm hoping 4 hits because as soon as 4 hits, I'll play it. I was going to say, don't play 5 before playing 4. But uh, if 4 comes to Game Pass, then absolutely pick that up and or download it and play it and, and check it out. Because I do think this will... This isn't going to win Game of the Year anywhere. It's not going to do not, that not, well. It's, it's not the Gears game that's winning Game of the Year this year, okay? Gears Funko isn't either. <laughs> but I think this will be a good title to hold us over for some of the bigger things coming out in like October and November or even later September, because this comes out. It's September a good 10th. Halo buffer. It's, it's, a, it's, it's a something. Yeah, it's, if you're if you're just waiting, if you're just an Xbox fan, if you're just that kind of gameplay fan and you're waiting for Infinite next year, this is a good game to hold you over for that. Now, you'll need something else, too, but this is definitely a game at least <laughs> to get you started. <laughs> be, well, they're going to be like, what, 13 months separation between Gears 5 and Halo Infinite. So they're definitely going to yeah, have maybe. they're going to need something. No, they're going to need something different, but it'll be fun. It'll be fun. I think. I want to move on because that's all I really had to say about Gears 5 
and we're flying through this, so we'll, we'll spend some more time on some games if we if we have time to later. I, I put the dang right ones, we will. I put the bigger ones that I think we'll spend more time on at near the end of the show for that reason. But one that I do want to spend a little bit of time on here is one of the biggest surprises for me three, in my opinion, and one of the games that is not going to make my top three most hyped, but it would it would probably make my top five. And this is a game that, Frank, you were able to recognize what it was before they actually revealed it. And I was actually kind of impressed by that because I never thought that you would be right on this. Blair Witch. And it looks whoa, 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 whoa. really Come good. On. What? I thought Frank would be right. Yeah, that usually doesn't happen. I'm a horror movie fan. And the second they said the word Black Hills, things were rattling around in my brain. Yeah. And I missed the fact that they said Black Hills. And I probably would have got it from that, too, because I am obviously familiar with that. And that's the setting of the movie. I somehow missed that in the trailer. So when I when you said Blair Witch, I just thought you were smart. So I'm glad you proved yourself that you're not. But <laughs> <laughs> always on cue with, yes, the, with the sound effects. <laughs> this is it's very much a oh man. What was that? Outlast, right? The one where you walked around with the camera. Outlast no. one and Outlast two. It looks That's like what that. This looks like yeah. I thought this was going to be like Outlast. What is it? Three now? Yeah, I, 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 I actually Outlast thought 3. this was Outlast three at first. Like that's what I was. That's where my mind was going while watching the trailer during the Xbox conference. And I was glad to see them do something different. Now, I don't know which team is developing this. Maybe it is the Outlast team. Maybe it's someone. I have no idea who's developing it, but it is. It very much plays like that, at least by what we saw. I'm excited to see what they do with this because I didn't even know Blair, which was still popular. And maybe it isn't. But it's not. It's, I didn't it's think not, it was. I don't think. Yeah, <laughs> I didn't think I mean, it was. Blair Witch Two is definitely the better movie. Book of Shadows. Oh my god! Is that the Are one? Is that the one that had the theme song by Godhead? <laughs> it is. Yeah, oh, it's, it's so bad. It's so yeah. so bad. Yeah, I freaking series series doing something. Siri, hey, do not say the word serious. Uh, she thinks that you're talking about her. I don't even understand how this thing works. Like these kids, like, and their it's, technology. It's like when I say the word Alexa, that thing just goes crazy. There it goes. Yeah, your your living room lights turn on. Barry White starts going in, and you're just like, no, 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 not that one. <laughs> the she disco ball pops out she of the She didn't roof. hear it, which was good. She didn't hear it, which was good. This <laughs> Blair Witch, though, is August 30th. We don't have to wait long for this. So I think this will be a fun game to, I'm, and I'm hoping it's eight to ten hours at least, like some type of experience there. Outlast was six, seven hours-ish, which I'd be okay if the game was that long, but I'm hoping it's a little bit longer. I'm excited to see what they do with this. I'm hoping that it's something completely unique that's just based off of it. I don't want them to be following the narrative from, say, like the first movie or the second movie or something like that. I'm hoping that it's something unique that this team is doing just set in this universe. It does look unique. The None of the characters look familiar from what we've seen in the trailer, to me at least. Yeah, I couldn't, I couldn't, I couldn't pick anybody out either like that we've seen in the movies. The, the characters movie. look unique. There's a dog. There's a dog. There's a dog. <laughs> That's a always dog. exciting. There's a dog. There's several dogs in several trailers that we saw at E3. A uh, couple that we are even going to talk about today. Can I can I just say that the one person or being that will survive this game guaranteed is the dog? Hopefully. If you hurt dogs in video games, everyone freaks out. I don't know what it is. <laughs> it's just like something you do not do. Don't say it, Frank. No, 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 it's a great thing. The one of the best things they did in Fable Two, oh, okay, was give was give you the ability to take a human being, sacrifice him to bring your dog back to life. Like, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. There, there is a That's game awesome. that recently released that does kill your dog. 
And I thought Fable oh, was all about being spoilers. the Arrow Dodger. No, I'm not. That, did, I didn't say which game. Why I said the Chicken Chaser. I said there is Why a game. I kill my dog, and man, I miss my Uncle Charles. Y'all. <laughs> did, you, did you just whip out the That's Why You Kill My Dog? No, that was Bone Thugs. That was my dog. Okay, you know what? Native to Cleveland, Ohio, just 30 miles north of me. Real talk about about Blair Witch. Wait, is that true? Yeah, they're from Cleveland. Mm-hmm. Do you do you know them? No. <laughs> Never mind. Uh, real about Blair Witch. It's a beautiful game. It is. The graphics on that game are stunning, and it's getting to a point where I'm not sure I want to play horror games anymore because it's starting to look too damn real. Kyle, you yeah, dude, need this, you need to stream right. it on Twitch. No, no, you need to stream it because that's what people want to watch. We want to watch you yeah. like jump and the cry place. on camera. Yeah, there's going to be a different type of stream coming out of me <laughs> if I play this game. I mean, yeah, I mean it, it looks too real. Mm-hmm. That's the good thing about I, I, these types of games, though, because they can look real because there's not much going on. Outlast was the same way. Outlast started looking really realistic when it came oh, to Outlast yeah. too. So I, I think that. When they go first person, when you're literally just holding a camera and you're watching things through the camera, they have a lot of liberties to make the game look beautiful. And that's exciting. Yeah, oh yeah. It's super exciting. I'm I'm actually pretty hyped for this game. Not a game I expected like I just like everybody else, I don't think I anticipated anything like this. I think this was out the last conference. game that anybody expected. Like probably every single person watching E3. No one had Frank's not coming. I don't think Frank's not coming either. No, I picked, up, I picked up on the cues, like the guy in the corner. Oh, yeah. Trailer. After we started watching the trailer. But before it started, but you couldn't tell me, hey, there's going to be a Blair Witch game at E3 this year. I would have met, I <laughs> And that's what's exciting, because this was this was able to be kept under wraps. It avoided the sea of E3 leaks. All these things that, you know, that we that at least I watch for when it comes to E3. I'm always keeping an eye out on the leaks to know what's coming next. This one flew under the radar of everybody. And that's super exciting because we were all surprised by it. And it feels like at least a couple of us are going to actually play this. And that's pretty cool. Not me. Hard pass. I'm going to get my binky, call my mommy and go home. I'm not I'm not even playing with this. This is some juju. I ain't ain't having it. Best part when it comes out August 30th. It's only 30 bucks, too. It's not even a full price $60 game. So this is definitely this is going to be worth it. I think one of my most hyped games, though, coming out of (sighs) this year. Starring, surprisingly, Mr. Keanu Reeves, Cyberpunk 2077. Start the clock. This better be a game that all four of us put a 300 hours in minimum. Because I put 300 hours minimum into The Witcher 3. I don't you're off the crew. <laughs> I don't 300 hours worth of video games in a year. I put 300 hours into The Witcher 3, and I still haven't finished Blood and Wine, the last expansion DLC. I'm so excited for this. You have no idea. This will... This probably will be game of the year at Fill me several in, outlets. Tell me why. Tell me, Tell me why. I don't, know. Ain't I, don't I, I think it's I think it's too early. <laughs> Wait, what are we doing? <laughs> Sing it back to boys, dude. Did this podcast just change? <laughs> I want it that way. Yeah. Uh, yeah you had yeah. me with those. I, you know what? I, I think it's I, I do think it's too early to call game of the year for next year just because next year is so stacked but i know but dude come on this game is one of the reasons that the year is so stacked yes yes do me a favor if cue me in tell me what is the gameplay like excitement i i obviously i get it you love cyberpunk stuff you love keanu reeves who doesn't he's a beautiful man have you seen speed oh my gosh but please tell me more i want to know but 
I mean, you yourself made the prediction on our prediction episode about The Witcher coming to the Switch. Well, one of your unofficials. So I know you at least have experience with CD Projekt Red. I know you have experience <laughs> with The wait, Witcher. Wait, wait. <laughs> I'm trying to ignore <laughs> it. I'm trying Perfect. to ignore it. <laughs> oh, that, can't go, that can't go ignored. <laughs> Let it fill your soul. <laughs> trying to ignore it that's it dude you got me you got the tater that's the best thing you've ever said <laughs> why is that hitting me i gotta go eat i don't know something's <laughs> going on all right keep going keep going it's a massive western rpg it's like i said the witcher is probably still to this day my game of the generation the witcher 3 and i'm talking specifically witcher 3 the witcher 3 really is the one of the most special games released on PS4, Xbox One, and PC in the last seven years. What it was able to accomplish with their world, what it was able to accomplish with their questing system. Yes, it's a checkbox style game, but they did it to where you didn't have to necessarily feel like you had to go do these things. When I play a Ubisoft game, when I play Watch Dogs, when I play Assassin's Creed, when I see that shit on my map, I feel like I have to go do it. I didn't feel that way in The Witcher 3. And that was a huge accomplishment, in my opinion. Someone that does play almost every game like this. I have a very obsessive compulsive thing when it comes to these types of games because I have that in real life. But I in, in games, I feel like I have to go out there and do these things. I have to feel like I go out there. If I see something, I got to go do it. If there's a fucking feather somewhere, I'm going to go find it. Assassin's Creed. The Witcher 3 made it feel like it's just their part of the world. If you want to go there, you can. If you don't want to go there, you don't have to. And you're not punished for it. You don't feel like you're missing content because you're not going out there and finding that. And I'm hoping that CD Projekt Red, who learned a lot when they developed The Witcher 3, will carry that over to Cyberpunk. And I know for a fact they're going to. There's a reason people are freaking the fuck out about Cyberpunk. There's a reason that it is the number one trending game on IGN and GameSpot and go like every place that's written about it, that it's the top story everywhere. There's a reason for that. CD Projekt Red, one of the best Western RPG developers right now, a hundred times better than Bethesda at the moment. CD Projekt Red is phenomenal and I'm excited to see what they do with something different now. And that's the key. We've been stuck with The Witcher. We had three games in The Witcher series, and now they're moving on to something else. The fact that it's cyberpunk and dystopian and like synthwave and everything that I love helps out tremendously. But if it was something different, as it's still CD Projekt Red, that still would be exciting to me. And I really do think that I, I agree with you, Kyle. It is too early to call Game of the Year next year. We haven't played anything, and I wouldn't say that anyway. But this is going to give any game next year a run for its money. I think that you hit the nail on the head with Sean's question, though. Why should I be hyped for Cyberpunk 2077? 80% of the hype, I think, is the developer. Absolutely. It's CD Projekt Red. And and we we trust them. It didn't matter what this game was going to be. This game was going to sell like hotcakes because it's CD Projekt Red. Did if you, they announced literally, literally anything, literally any game in any setting, it would have sold. It also helps that it's a sci-fi game and gamers love sci-fi. Yeah. It also helps that it really does have this futuristic retro vibe with the 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 psychedelic colors, the synth wave yeah. stuff, like you said. Yeah. Also super hot right now. They really followed the trend on this one. Kind of saw what the gamers wanted to play and gave it to them in spades. 
It really, and the gameplay videos look so fun. The game world looks so fleshed out. It's massive. So well fleshed out. It's massive. And when he walks out of his apartment and there's all those NPCs walking around and they're talking to each other and this one's buying a hot dog in the stand and there's a a dog running by. The NPCs are a big thing because this world is huge, dude. It's so big. It feels like a real world. It feels like it's living and breathing. And that's the RPG that I want to play. And then they added Keanu Reeves, which was a surprise. And then John (laughs) Which I I mean, I knew that he was a big star right now. I knew that he was becoming an Internet darling. Did not know how much of an Internet darling he was till after he appeared. And I don't know if that's because of this trailer or not. But people are freaking out because of that. Well, Ted Theodore Logan happens to be a really nice guy. Um, that's why he, that's why he's like the new, he's like the Tom Hanks of this generation. Uh, he's a good dude. He gives his money to, to charities and stuff like that. So Keanu can do no wrong. Well, I understand. He's out of the public life. <laughs> Neither yeah. <am> I. <laughs> <laughs> I think the game looks great. Even without Keanu Reeves, you could have left him out and just put another face on. Oh, it didn't. It didn't need it was, Keanu Reeves. It did not no. need Keanu yes, Reeves. It no, it didn't. Yes, it, no, it did not. It did not need Keanu Reeves because it didn't have Keanu Reeves. Reeves. I no no. I make the argument that it does need Keanu Reeves. It didn't. To become a, the well, Witcher. The Witcher. God, I'm not going to let you make the argument because you're wrong. <laughs> the Witcher didn't need Keanu Reeves, and it sold just as well, and it was a great game. The I, cyber cyberpunk leading up to the Keanu Reeves reveal didn't have Keanu Reeves, and people were still just as hyped for it before. Not as many people. Connor Reeves is going to move units. It's going to bring people into the into, into like loving this kind of game. Incorrect. Not, 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 Incorrect. Because I, the people I, that I, like Keanu I, Reeves and watch his movies aren't going to play Cyberpunk because Keanu yes, Reeves. Yes, they are. No, they are not. And I they're they're going to pick it I up. Have friends say, they're oh, going to start. Children. They're going to start the game and realize how fucking expansive it is and hard to play. And they're going to throw it off to the side just like that and never touch it again. Fuck them. You got their $65 already. Who gives a shit? It didn't uh, need Keanu Reeves. It's cool that it has it. And I'm not arguing that aspect as we get close to the eight minutes mark here. But it didn't need him. It's cool that it has I it. Submit, I don't know. Him. I submit that all of these games coming out with star power behind them. They don't need they don't. The star power. You don't you don't need Norman Reedus on Death Stranding. It's nice. You don't. But it's not it's not going to make the game. Only reason he's there is because they didn't get to make the Silent Hills. They didn't make they didn't get to make Silent Hills so that Kojima's like, no, I still want to make a game with Norman Reedus because they're friends. I still want to make a game with Guillermo del Toro because they're friends. So let's do it. That's the only reason they're doing that. What's that, Macho Man? It wasn't. Yeah, it doesn't matter. Nothing matters. No. Kyle, gotta stop. Time to move on. We're moving on to a game that I know we're all excited to talk about here. Luigi's Mansion 3. I'm not even going to go first on this one because I think that uh, we have too many Nintendo fans here that I can I can take a step back on this. One. Luigi's How Mansion great 3. does this game look? It looks so awesome. It looks so awesome. I mean, just for, for one, beautiful. We, we can just gloss over beautiful for a second. I love the new upgraded flood system, the Polter Goo. The Polter G- G00, Frank. <laughs> so, the ability of using like the ectoplasm to make a copy of Luigi. So, you can, so now you're adding be- even better puzzle elements into the game. Yeah. You could, but you could also like use it as a, as the multiplayer aspect. So you could actually have your friend team up with you. Uh, as, as, and apparently this was a thing in the 3DS version. Apparently Luigi exists in the 3DS version. Oh, did, did, not, did not know that. Yes. Yeah. Yes. It, as a, Yes, in a minor role. Yes, not not nearly like we're seeing in Luigi's Mansion 3, but he was there on the 3DS version. Correct. I, I think that Smash Brothers is missing a mark if they don't add Luigi as a skin. 
He'll be there. He'll absolutely Whoa. be there at some point. Like, there's there's no ifs, ands, or buts about that. I think that the fact that this isn't set in a mansion is super cool because we've seen just nothing but mansions now. It's set in like a hotel setting. Yeah, right, right. And, and he has these are the ghosts that you that we're used to. Exactly, exactly. And not only that, but you're not just having to suck them up. There are so many different kind of mechanics going into this. Now you have to slam ghosts in order to do more damage to suck them up in time, or you could slam ghosts into other ghosts to damage them more, or you could shoot plungers to move objects out of the way to find chests and secrets and all these kind of things. Like it, it's now becoming more than just an experiment for Nintendo because when Luigi's mansion ex- uh, released on the GameCube, it was an experiment. They didn't have time to put a Mario game out. Sunshine wasn't ready for launch. So they quickly put together Luigi's mansion. It was a quick experiment that didn't take them much time and people fell in love with it. Luigi's Mansion became a huge hit because of the fact that it it was Luigi. And we do, despite what Nintendo thinks, fans like Luigi as well as Mario. So seeing him star in his own game that's not Mario's time machine or Mario was missing back on the NES and SNES days, it was cool to see. Now we're we're starting to see like the evolution of that and the the next steps, I guess, to turn this into and turn Luigi into a star just like Mario. I don't have much experience with, is it called New Moon on three? Luigi's Mansion? Yeah, uh, Dark Moon. Dark Moon on 3DS. I didn't play too much of that. I played a little bit of it, but not enough. I, I own it. I should go back and finish it before 3 comes out. But I think that, I, I, it's what I know, it's what I've heard. So I definitely probably should go back and finish it. But I think that just the, this game looks it's gorgeous. Frank, I mean, you, you said it right there. It, it looks gorgeous. And I'm super excited to see what they do with this. Uh, it It's Nintendo at best. It's Nintendo doing what Nintendo does best. My wife is really, really excited for this game. Luigi's Mansion is one of her favorite games of all time. Can That's I just awesome. say that Luigi really seems like he's grown up in this game? Like this is his 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 third ghost busting hunt. Yeah. And now he's slamming ghosts into the ground with his vacuum. Like he's had enough of it and he's really putting up a fight now. Yeah, that's why I think it's like the it's like the evolution of of Luigi coming into a star. You go on vacation to get away from your house and you show up and the ghosts are there, too. This poor guy, he needs a lot of help. I don't know. I, I, but his, I, his ghost dog's cool. His ghost dog is awesome. But I like the fact these ghosts, <laughs> these ghosts look more like humanoid, like the kind of ghost you'd expect in real life, so to speak. Like they're, they're not really cartoony looking. They are, obviously, but they're not like super cartoony. Which means that, like, there's there's going to be something to that. This is going to be some kind of great evil. Like, who's 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 been unleashed? They're bringing back the named ghosts from Luigi's Mansion, the original, which Dark Moon didn't have. So they're bringing back the kind of care, the character ghosts that the original had that we didn't see in the sequel, which I'm super duper excited for. This game looks really fun. And like you said, Brian, the addition of the plunger to uncover secrets and stuff is something that is going to keep me combing through and especially my wife who is a a completionist (laughs) she she cannot play a game without collecting every single thing in the game she will be combing through this game for hours with that plunger trying to find every single chest every single secret room and i think that's going to be fun and and obviously they did say that up to eight players can play at the same time using that Gooigi type system so there there is multiplayer it'll be a lot of fun to jump in and out with friends the only big thing here unfortunately is that they didn't give us a concrete date they're still saying just generic 2019 which does have me scared a little bit that this still could get delayed out of 2019 
they did reinforce the 2019 date during the treehouse. They, though. Somebody yeah, mentioned they did. that in the treehouse, and and they did reinforce. Yes, it is I, 2019. I can't, I, I can't afford another freaking dilla. It won't. Well, I can because I, I mean, there's too much. No, stuff no I, 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 don't, I literally have. I literally have money invested in Nintendo. I really can't afford another. Oh, dilla. I see. Yeah, your stocks would take a <laughs> hit. Yeah, the stocks would take a hit. Yeah, for sure. I think, I mean, this is, it, it makes so much sense to be a Halloween game sometime in October. I mean, that's just generally what I've been saying since they announced the game. Um, it will be for sure. I, I could, I could see it December if they really like had to, if they had to push it back two months for a little more finishing touches, it, it could be a December game. Yeah. Because as we'll find out know. later on in the show, Nintendo is taking a more, you know, industry friendly approach when it comes to their development of games. They're giving their team time off when they need it. They're giving, you know, there's no crunch time at Nintendo. So if the game needs to be delayed, they're going to delay it. Now, you make an interesting point, Sean. December, Nintendo usually has something releasing the first week of December. In 2017, it was Xenoblade Chronicles 2. In 2018, it was Smash Brothers. Right now, they have nothing releasing the first week of December. That could be Luigi's Mansion 3. And, you know, honestly, I, I'm all for it. If you if you make this a Halloween game, you're only going to capitalize on a couple weeks, which is fine. Yeah, that'll be fun. But Luigi's Mansion is is never meant to be like a Halloween-esque title, in my opinion. It, it's it's more of a friendly, fun title. They make fun of the ghosts. They they have different things going on with the ghost that, you know, doesn't really like fit into the spooky or whatever, you right. know, mo- motif that games usually come out with in that or movies. So I'm okay with it. I, I'm, I'm not opposed to it and I would rather it be good and release then, than rush it out for Halloween and yeah, mess it up. Yeah, I can, I can you totally, know. I can totally feel that for sure. Um, and I, I really support Nintendo's efforts of not having crunch time for the employees and giving them reasonable work standards. Right. hundred percent, right. which I think is potentially Honestly, the best news to come out of E3, because it's been, you know, the the fact that you look at all these teams that are struggling, all these teams that talk about crunch like Rockstar, there's quality of life issues now with people that work in the gaming industry where their health is on the line, their health is in jeopardy to see Nintendo actually be the first major platform holder to step up and say, hey, you know what? If it comes down to it and we have to delay our games, we're going to delay our games. They actually just put a statement on Facebook as well. I know it's kind of floating around everywhere, but Doug Bowser literally said, if we have to delay a game to give our team a better life, we're going to choose people over fictional games. And that's the right way to go. Like, you know, let people enjoy their lives. Don't make them kill themselves over crunch time for. And that's super cool. I'm glad to see them take that stance. And we're still going to get the games. We're still going to get them eventually. Yeah, we have to wait. Oh, well. And that's cool. What's that, Mario? Ah, spaghetti meatballs. Oh. The pizza pie. I guess it's time to go eat, guys. We got to go. Time to move on to game number eight. Now, I put these next five games together because we and this number eight is not five games. It's just one game. But we're going to do eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, kind of in quick succession. Because we don't know a lot on these games. And this is our... I think I think we know everything. I got to cut you off. I, I think we know everything we need to know. I guess okay. we'll see. I guess we'll see. <laughs> everyone, I'm not a fan, but everyone wanted to know why the last season of Game of Thrones sucked. It's because George R.R. R. Martin was working on the Elden Ring. Like, something is going on right okay. here. This game is going to be awesome. I hope so. For people who are fans of his work. I, I don't give a crap it about George R.R. R. Martin, 
I give I give all my <laughs> craps about From Software, and I'm hoping because it's From Software that this game is going to be good. I'm Brian, actually ignorant jackass. <laughs> <laughs> I actually actively dislike George R. R. Martin as a person. Okay. I I don't like him at all, and I and I tend to dislike his work. I've given up on Game of Thrones. He did years ago. He's lazy, dude. douchebag. He's lazy too. He's a he's a lazy douchebag, and he treats his fans like dirt too. Is I've he read, not a good I've tipper, read a lot of like what else? <laughs> I won't get it. I won't get into it here. I could. I could just rant about the Martin for a while. Three at three hour bashing George R. R. Martin podcast. Go. No kidding. Okay. No. Hey George, if you want to come on and talk to us about it, man, just holler. We welcome you. Dude, we welcome you. Uh, uh, George, it would be the biggest welcome. episode we've ever gotten. George, we do not welcome you to this episode. Write the fucking book, okay? <laughs> I yeah. can't say I disagree. Honestly, I'm not going to read it because I'm done with him. Yeah, but cares, this cares, game does look kind of interesting. It, it looks a little more high fantasy than uh, than than what we're used Game to from, from software and and, and from yes, from software. Yeah. Like you look at Dark Souls, yeah, you look at Bloodborne, yeah. uh, especially Sekiro. This is a total departure, at least from from what we've seen them do. It's been internally described in the leaks that we saw leading up to it and now that we've had the PR like a Lord of the Rings style game meets Game of Thrones and if done correctly that could play really well especially in the style of From Software I'm actually really excited for it I think the fantasy setting lends itself well to to a Dark Souls type game of trying to kill something that's way more powerful than you yeah no I'm Dark Souls I'm freaking pumped on this game this looks so good can i just jump in though and this is why i brought him up first i don't think you need to to tout that it's from george rr R. martin I, just, I think the game frank did you just, hang on did you say a miyazaki dark souls yeah miyazaki is from software miyazaki created dark souls what the fuck are you talking about yeah that's what i'm saying Whatever. <laughs> Wait, what happened? Frank was, just, Frank was trying to. Frank was, I, like, I, like, I like to be. I like to be a part of the conversation. No, Frank was trying to make a joke because he got Miyazaki confused with the Studio Ghibli guy. Now he's trying to play it off. <laughs> I see what you did there, you it's, crafty it's, it's, goose. It's his son. No, it's not. <laughs> it's not progeny. We're not going there. No. <laughs> Okay. Okay. Anyway, Sean, I, sorry to cut you off there. What are you saying? No, no, no. You're good. That's the nature of the beast, right? Honestly, I just think that tagging him on it is not necessary. You know, if it's going to be a good game, it's going to be a good game. It doesn't matter if it's written by Stevie Nicks or George R. R. Martin. It's going to be good. You know, it's it's not something that I would worry about. If it was written by Stevie Nicks, I'd be really interested. By the way, I'd play a game <laughs> called One Wing Dove. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, I don't know, man. I always get nervous when people are like, this next great thing from so-and-so. It's like, man, let's just make it a great thing. Why does it have to be from so-and-so? It can just be like its own thing, its own entity. It, when you tag writers on it, it scares me. It honestly does. Yeah. So I'm, I'm glad we talked about it. And, you know, if the guy is going to release good content, if you're going to stand up to that bar and go multimedium and, and just let your works go across publishing and video games and movies and stuff at at some point, does it matter if it's from you? I mean, it really I, I don't doesn't. know. I don't think it does actually. I You guys hold this hardline stance like, Oh, it doesn't need Keanu or it doesn't need this. I think that these are names that sell. These are names that are bringing in new people to these to, the, to, to these things Frank George R. 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 Martin is a sullied name right now I would argue that it would probably do better without it because of the fact that I George R. 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 Martin is not a sullied name yeah, it uh, is. 
Look at look at write, Game of Thrones he, season eight. Like people are mad he didn't because write of that. any of that. I know he didn't, he but people still associate him with it. He didn't finish. He didn't finish. Like he didn't finish the book. Yeah, I don't give a shit about him to be honest. But he didn't like finish the book. <laughs> He didn't he finish. Beyonce, he didn't like, finish the doing? book. <laughs> so people are mad that he didn't finish the book, and that's why season seven and eight were bad. <laughs> you know, fuck those people, because George R. R. Martin takes a long time to write because he's very detailed. And <laughs> it's been twelve years, Frank. It's been twelve years. Yeah, quality of life. We had to. We had to choose him over fictional characters. <laughs> he can only write a paragraph a day. My God, it's like he's like the uh, he's like Tetsuya Nomura over at Square Enix. They only come in, they clock in, they grab their coffee, they. Work for an hour and they leave. That's why Final Fantasy VII remake has taken so long. They don't work yeah, that long, but, but it looks great. So I don't care how long it took them. So leave my man's alone. He's a Jet fan. <laughs> I think we. I think we can take away from this conversation though that I really want a Studio Ghibli Dark Souls game. It'd be fun. There you go. It yeah. would be fun. Yeah. Uh, hey, Al Miyazaki, final boss over there, over there at Studio Ghibli. Um, you can't, you can't keep all, track of all of them. All the Miyazaki's are, are all the, the same guy. And then Goro Miyazaki is the son that is taking over the Ghibli stuff, yeah. He, and, and he has four arms. <laughs> no, that's Mortal Kombat's Goro. Excited for Elden Ring, though. I think it's going to be a great game, hopefully. We know nothing about it, though, so we really can't dive into the gameplay. We just saw the creepy character that they decided to show with, like, the hand and the wraps and the girl. It was interesting. It was cool. I don't know. I'm excited, though. Hopefully it comes out next year. Probably 2021, though. Next up. Ghostwire Moving Tokyo. On. Ghostwire Tokyo and Ikuni. Was her name Ikuni? Something Nakamura? Yeah. That super cute Japanese girl that, yeah. that everyone fell the in love with at the uh, Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The whatever she said there, Mia something. I don't know. It was cool. But I'm excited. It was very, it was very kawaii. It, it was. But I'm excited to see what they try to do here with Ghostwire Tokyo coming from uh, Shinji Mikami, the creator of both Resident Evil and The Evil Within. So he's he is a a celebrated genius when it comes to horror type games. And he really is. So to seeing him, what he's going to do next, and he really is passing the torch along to her with this game because she's now in charge of it, you know, introducing him coming out and bringing her out on stage. There was a tweet on Twitter. Someone put out there really much was him passing the torch to her on stage, which was kind of cool. So now we're seeing her spooky as she did it, her, (laughs) her spooky take on this thing. And the game seems super interesting. These it first of all, the CGI was phenomenal. I was confused for a second when it first started. I actually thought it was live action. And Frank, you had to tell me and I actually saw this watching it back when I was editing. Frank, you're like, no, no, this isn't live action. And I had to like take a quick look at it. Like, wait a second. You're absolutely right. This is CGI. This is. This, if I'm not mistaken, this is the one where people were just disappearing. out of. The yeah, they were. And the clothes were falling down to the ground. Yeah. It, first of all creepy as hell if you were to see that like like the fact that like the expressions that they captured on the characters like seeing people just disappear and drop out of their clothes i would prefer to see the clothes drop very very good facial expressions that they captured for that but then like you know that white uh heel going up the escalator there that they showed near at the end and then we had these like shadowy type figures with insanely long fingernails, the broken Oni mask, all these different things. Dude, it looks very interesting. And I'm hoping we don't have to wait long for this. I'm hoping this is a 2020 game. I still also think this could be also 2021 as well, because I think both of those games are next gen that we just talked about. Elden Ring and well, Elden Ring, I think Elden Ring, they said PS4. I feel like Ghostwire Tokyo looked too good to be current gen. I mean, they probably could, but it looked too good. Um, 
Depending. CGI can look as good as it wants. Like, that doesn't really dictate how a game's going to play or look. It, it, it looked really, really good. No, it absolutely did. I agree with you. They did confirm PS4 for Elden Ring. Um, Ghostwire Tokyo, I don't know if it says here because their PR release that they sent in the emails literally doesn't have any information. So that you probably know, is an next-gen game. Though, yeah, please. I want, I want to know. It's a third-party game. I want to know. What's the benefit of a third-party game releasing stuff on new gen now? I mean, it, it it's too soon, in my opinion, right? Probably. Um, that's that's what next year's for. Yeah, you're ta- you're talking like when PS5 Scarlet come out, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, when when the next gen hits, yeah. like next year, mm-hmm. that's that's around the time that I would expect to hear about a game like this if it was next gen we will get a we will get a big blowout of ghostwire tokyo next year at bethesda's e3 conference because microsoft and sony will be already have shown off their next gen gameplay on ps5 and scarlet so at that point they'll be able to go in in depth and into detail about what their game actually is going to play like and look like and all that kind of stuff i think we'll find out that it's probably a spring 2021 game next year like that makes the most sense to me i don't think this is going to be a launch window game for next gen i think it'd be cool if it was because it would be fun to have a survival horror game launch in november with ps5 and scarlet but i think it'd be better suited for them to delay it to the spring which is why there isn't much else to say on it right now because the game is literally two years away if not longer so i I mean this could be delayed even further not delayed but this game could be just slated to come out that far in advance that's what i'm trying to say there i can see it i mean either way it's a good it's a good looking game yeah, like it's, it's it's the right time to show it when it looks good, in my opinion. But hey, what do I know? And it's a super hype moment type of game because it's Shinji Mikami. I know everyone wanted the Evil Within three, but this concept sounds really, really cool. And I trust him because he's done some amazing things in the survival horror and just horror in general genre. Like his games are fun to play. They're creepy and he knows what he's doing. I have to assume that she also knows what she's doing because she learned off of him. So I think this is going to be a fun game. I'm hoping it is. And we'll just we're going to keep an eye on it and, and talk more on it as the months and years pass until it releases. Game Moving number on. 10. Halfway through <laughs> game number 10. Game number 10. Another huge surprise to me this year, much like Blair, which was more so. I actually think I was probably more surprised on this because I even made a comment on somebody. We, we recently put up a flavor text about how. We were hypothesizing the next mainline Legend of Zelda game and they respond. They they made a comment. Hey, do you think the next Zelda game is going to get revealed at E3? I said, not a chance. It did. <laughs> uh, hey, before we start the timer. Yeah. OK, before we before we start the timer, watch the reaction video, guys. If you haven't seen it, go over to our YouTube channel. Check it out. The reaction video. I, I have never seen Brian this year. I don't know what you were drinking, man. You, you were freaking hyped and it was fun to watch. It was. I enjoyed it. <laughs> <laughs> that's why I have to that's, take those. Those, Sean. those are Tic Tacs. Those are no, Tic Tacs. Kid. No, that's why I have to um, take these because I've been getting too excited lately. And like my my, ag- <laughs> my agitation and anxiety has been through the roof lately. Dude, the video, though, it was it was perfect. I, I watched your reaction video as the first time I saw everything oh, okay, that kind of went okay, in with that because okay. I knew it dropped and I was kind of I was at work when it dropped and I couldn't really check it out. And I had it on, but I couldn't really have it up high and really hear what was going on. And dude, the video is perfect. So if you haven't seen it, YouTube.com slash level down games, right? Yeah, that's it. That's yep. absolutely it. All right. Start um, the clock. They announced officially 
the next the the sequel to Breath of the Wild. That's what the actual splash screen said. The sequel to Breath of the Wild is now in development. All it said. Which is super cool. We don't know if this is. And it's I, been in development for about a year, though. Absolutely, it's been in development for about a year because uh, Monolith Soft started hiring for it at the end of 2017, I think, is when they started posting those. And Monolith always helps Nintendo develop the Legend of Zelda games now because they're these big open world games, and that's what Monolith Soft does best. So they have been working on this for a little while now, and that's super cool. But we don't know if it's going to be called Breath of the Wild 2. I hope it's not because it's a dumb name. I hope they give it its, its own unique name. But I'm excited to see what this could mean because we know for a fact, based off the trailer that they decided to show, it's the same Link and the same Zelda from Breath of the Wild. Zelda just got. I don't think it, I don't think it will be called Breath of the Wild too. You look historically at all the yeah. Zelda games that have been sequels, and they have different names. Yeah, which is what I'm saying. Like, like it's it's is one. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It, it would be dumb if they just tried to follow it up with a number at this point. I'm hoping they give it its own unique name and they probably will. There's probably like a 95 percent chance that it will have its own unique name. Well, you know, you had a link between worlds. You had Mahora's mask. You had a uh, uh, Link's Awakening. <laughs> Minda returns. Minda returns. No. Well, Link Between Worlds isn't a direct sequel, but Phantom Hourglass is to Wind Waker, too. Yes. And that's the same link. Right. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, direct sequels has happened. They they always name it something different. This trailer really did a really good job of setting up the new Zelda story and what it's going to be about in just about a minute's time. Yeah. Showed exactly kind of what we're dealing with and the horror aspect that they're kind of going for that is reminiscent of Majora's Mask. Mm-hmm. And showed the world that we're it's done. You know what? It does feel like that, doesn't it? It does feel like the Mm -hmm. the move from Ocarina Time to Majora's Mask. That's exactly what this feels like. You're right. I didn't actually put that together until just now when you said that. But it looks great. I I mean, what more can be said? You know, we saw we saw a short one minute teaser. We don't know anything else about the game besides what we saw, except that it's going to be a Breath of the Wild sequel and the world is ready for that. But it's also going to heavily star Zelda. Like, that's what's exciting to me about this is that she is a pivotal character. Everybody keeps saying that. Yeah, because she they never started when they announced a Zelda game. Zelda is never the first character you see. Now we're seeing her there riding through these ruins with Link, trying to uncover the past or trying to uncover what's going on here in Hyrule. I think for the first time ever that Zelda is finally going to be playable. And if she is. That's super cool because Nintendo themselves are doing it like we're not going to be playing her in, in freaking Wanda Gamelon or whatever it was called on the CDI. So I was, I was about to call you on that. Yeah, I Super Smash Bros. <laughs> well, yeah, Super Smash Brothers and all that kind of stuff. But Nintendo, Nintendo developed mainline Zelda game. Zelda has never really been playable. She's been there. She's had reasons to be there. She's had pivotal points to the story. But this really breath of the wild has always been about her at the center. And and she, even in the first one was a very important character, even though you didn't see her till the very end. And I, now even with like the memories that you saw in breath of the wild and like that secret ending that you got through the champions ballad DLC, I really feel like they're going to do something special here with Zelda. There's a reason they chopped her hair off. There's a reason she has short hair. Now something is going on and it's going to be fun to see. It's going to be fun to play, but Frank, I didn't even pick up on this till after you had watched the Nintendo Direct because I reacted to it. If I would have picked up on this, I would have said something. But you immediately because you watched it on your lunch, you said, I need you to do something for me now. I need you to reverse it. 
And it took me a minute to realize, like, okay, what is he talking about? So I went back and watched it again. That's when I realized the trailer that's in the direct is reversed. And that's awesome. Like, they actually decided to reveal it to us in, like, with the actual audio reversed. And that was fun. And we think we might have figured out what it says. I've listened to it easily a hundred times. Yeah. Because I've, try- I've been trying to nail down what it says. And yes, it- it's what I do believe it's Mondegreen syndrome is what it's called. Where if, you- if I tell you what I hear, you're going to hear it. Of course. It's like EVPs. But, uh, yeah. So what-, what I've picked up on is help us link high rules falling. Help us. There's other little crypt- little phrases in there, I'm sure. But those are the ones that are definitely clear. You hear help us link. Help us is very clear. And you hear high rules falling. And it makes sense because it fits. You're not saying something crazy. You're not making something up like that doesn't fit into Zelda lore or what something that Nintendo would go out there and do like those. That simple phrase makes total sense. And it's been used in the past. Like that's a theme that they've done before, like with Ganon taking over and, you know, help us link, save us link. It's been done. So they could do it again. So I think that's interesting. And it's it's like a very broken English. And backwards guys, audio is something that the Zelda games have made use of, too. Absolutely. With with trailers and everything else. Backwards audio is something that they've done before. So this is not out of the wheelhouse to believe that this is entirely true. Yeah. I wasn't able to pick up on the song, though. I, I, I feel like that song that's playing is I think it's not like the, the reverse song of time. It's either the reverse song of time or the reverse of Zelda's lullaby. It's one of the two. But those those are very similar. Guys, tracks, uh, anyway. Did you guys pick up at the end of the trailer? Did you see um, this castle like moving? Yeah, I feel like it was going up. Right. So that's kind of exciting because. Yeah, because in, in the trailer, the when we watched it in the direct, it was going down. But the way that it should have been, it was going up. And that was the one that was in reverse with the birds actually flying to it instead of away from it. Right. Yeah, I, I think I'm not 100 percent. I mean, either way, it's going to be cool to see the environment that we came to grow and love in Breath of the Wild change. And it's a perfect way to keep the Hyrule consistent, but also have physical and different things to explore and change. And And I was excited to see Hyrule without the stupid uh, Ganon spires and stuff like that. And, and it just looked different already. And then they're going to change it again. It's, yeah, that's pretty freaking wild. No, uh, no glimpse of the stupid divine beasts either. So maybe we'll get some traditional dungeons this time. Well, eventually they got to, you know, take him in for service, right? Hopefully they got to do something. Even Disneyland rides break down. Yeah, that's true. That is absolutely true. You know, you know, poor Ruta. That's okay. We'll be keeping an eye on Breath of the Wild 2 (laughs) and the sequel to Breath of the Wild, they decide to call it. Uh, We'll be keeping an eye on that as we move forward. Uh, Definitely not a 2019 game. It's not a chance. Probably not even a 2020 game. But I would love to see it next year. I would love to see this as holiday 2020. I think that'd be really cool. And it would be a great way for Nintendo Actually, you know what? This is going to be a holiday 2020 game because it's the only way Nintendo can compete next holiday with PS5 and Xbox Scarlet. So I think they'll put out this. Yeah. And they'll probably put out the uh, maybe the the Switch revision or something next holiday would be a great way to to compete with that. But I want to move on to another game that we still know nothing about and another game that is very much in the same line as The Legend of Zelda because it, it looks very similar and graphically and, you know, the way yeah. that the color palette is and stuff. We're talking Gods and Monsters which was revealed at the E3 2019 press conference for Ubisoft. I freaked out because I thought it was Kid Icarus. It looks like Kid Icarus. Yeah, Yeah, it really looks like Kid Icarus. Like, I I literally lost it during that conference because I thought Ubisoft and Nintendo had struck another partnership to work together. 
And I still feel like that's what happened. I, and I think I was talking to Kyle. I think I were talking to you about this. I still yeah. feel like. Ubisoft and Nintendo had like a handshake agreement for Ubisoft to make another Kid Icarus game. And then that fell through. And then Ubisoft's like, okay, well, we have the groundwork built. We have something here. Let's just call it gods and monsters and take off the wings. Like, it really feels like that's what they did, because that is pit without the headband and the wings. I'm excited for this. I mentioned to Brian that uh, Kid Icarus 2 is called Myths and Monsters. Yeah, you're because so. you, you're like, well, Brian, it still could be because Kid Icarus 2 is called Gods and Monsters. And like we were freaking out about that for a minute in your action video. But then you had to look it up and it actually is Myths and Monsters. But dude, even the name Myths and Monsters, it sounds just it is just like Gods and Monsters. This 1000 percent has to be based on Kid Icarus. And that reason alone is exciting. Because Kid Icarus are fun games, is fun games, however you want to say that. But this is going to be an open world style game because it's Ubisoft. That's all they make. So I'm confident it will be. But I'm excited to see what they do with this. And I'm hoping other people are excited for it as well. I really like the art style that they're going for. Yeah. Beautiful. It's a, it's it's a very beautiful. kind of stylized cartoon, but very well detailed world with kind of a, I, I mean, kind of a watercolory look to it as well. I mean, it was really pretty reveal trailer and i'm excited to see more about this game as it comes out obviously we know you know nothing about it we know absolutely nothing but it's exciting and monsters that's all we know yes we'll find out if it's a kid Chris clone if we see zucchini wizard (laughs) but what's exciting about this is this out of all the unknowns we have this is coming out the soonest february 25th so we have to find out more on this soon because it comes out in less than a year. So we're going to be keeping an eye on this here. And obviously we'll be talking about it extensively as it gets closer to release. We have one more combination here to talk about that is some unknowns that I'm lumping Xbox Project Scarlet in with this because the game is launching day and date on Xbox Scarlet. It's also coming to Xbox One and PC. Halo Infinite slash Xbox Project Scarlet. What did we think of the first next gen reveal? I'll tell you this. I think that you lumping lumping these things in together is perfect because this is the launch title for Xbox. Oh, of course. Of course. It, it, this it, is what it everyone's going to buy. <laughs> it has to be good. And it has to be able to showcase the powerful parts of the system and bring fans back in from Halo from back in the day. It just it has to. If right. this game doesn't do well, then Xbox Scarlet may not have a good start is how I see it. You know, and so you look at system starters games. Halo started it all, did it not? Like it, it was like one of the original Xbox. Halo launched on the original games. Xbox. Yeah, Halo. Halo was yeah. the launch title for Xbox uh, original. I was going to say a Xbox perfect One, way to but... bring out the new system. Yeah, it's to me. I feel like this is a good chance for them to capitalize on some of the failures of the past and change Halo for the better. You know, I think Halo has kind of gone a little stale. And, oh, absolutely. I noticed five is not I noticed good. A, <laughs> big change when 343 came in instead of Bungie. It, mm. it, it just really took a different turn. And so I'm hoping that they have learned from that and they can make a new Halo game viable and fun again the way that the old ones were. I, I wish that they had brought Bungie in to consult at least. That would have been a good way to bring back a calling card and have right. some some of those fine touches. But um, dude, how can you not be excited about this? We talk about parody on this show all the time. Even if we're not main Xbox players, we want Xbox to do well. Absolutely. We, we want those games to create a forum 
where other games can come out and not be overshadowed on systems like PS5 and stuff like that. And I'm I'm all about it. And if it's good, we can jump in on PC probably. So Absolutely. that's the best part for me. I, I'm excited for Halo. I I really enjoyed Halo um, 3. I thought that was fun. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I thought that Reach was pretty cool, actually. And um, so I, I think, why not? I mean, we know what we're getting. It's like being excited about Borderlands. We know what we're getting. <laughs> it's, not, it's not a bad thing. I don't you know? know you guys, but uh, when, it, when Green and Blue started to play in that trailer. Oh, yeah. When, yeah. when, when, when you know, he finally got when, when, he, when he was walking to... down into like the the ai area and stuff like all the blue surrounding him that was super cool i was i was a little misty eyed but because yeah. because i'm a real g and i move in silence like lasagna <laughs> <laughs> man i i am excited for halo infinite i i do i enjoy what i saw during the trailer obviously that was just a cinematic trailer really nothing really to get excited that much too much but the bigger thing here for me is is with Project Scarlet and Xbox Scarlet, they decided not to reveal much. And I think that may have Good. been a mistake. I actually think it was a mistake because Sony oh. has already said more on the PS5 than Xbox has on the Scarlet. And Xbox was front and center at E3 this year. Xbox was there on the stage. They had the platform to do it. They had the platform to say why Xbox Scarlet was going to be better than PS5. Now... Everyone is starting to say and reports have came out. The reason Microsoft didn't say anything is because they found out PS5 is better power, more powerfully than Scarlet. So now they're now they're scrambling to figure out how to fix things again. And that sucks. I I understand why. I understand why you cannot get into a hardware war over this right now. Of course, you can. They're they're so close that if you argue over the specs, you're going to lose sight of what really differentiates them, and that's the games. Of course. So it, to me, I think that they did a good job. They highlighted the games. They talked about what's going to make them relevant next year. Game. And hopefully... They highlighted the game. We will see. <laughs> no, hey, you know what? That's more than what Sony's doing right now. Absolutely honestly. true. Sony, Absolutely true. Sony just came out and said, hey, you know what? I'm taking my toys and I'm going home. This is what I'm doing next year. I'll see you then. They showed a Spider-Man running on a PS5. That's whatever. Um, Who cares, right? For what they did, show, for what they showed us, though, these are going to be huge fucking systems. Oh, absolutely. I mean, uh, th- these are custom built systems, custom solid state drives in there, custom everything. I. But the issue is they can't go over five hundred dollars. If they go over five hundred dollars, nobody's going to buy it because PCs aren't that much more expensive for mid tier PCs that have identical specs that consoles do. Consoles true, true. Ha- always are backdated in terms of their internals. But PCs cannot run games the way that consoles do, even with lesser specs. Correct. There's so many different things on your PC that sap some of those resources that it ultimately turns out being less powerful than a console in some cases for people. Right. So, I mean, a custom Xbox, though, that sounds phenomenal. That sounds like something that we talked about already, where you could already uh, go in and make some changes to it and make it custom. And potentially we, yeah. we speculated on that before this even came out. So, hey, kudos to us. But if Xbox I, Scarlet you know or PS5 launch over five hundred dollars, is anyone here interested in buying them? Well, no, but that yeah, doesn't mean that I, I couldn't mean, be in the future with a price yeah, drop. It's, with a price drop. Uh, no, I mean, if there's a reason to the systems will sell at a loss. And most that's, that's what I mean. Sell at a loss at that's release. what I mean. That they'll yeah. at most they're going to launch at four ninety nine. Yeah, and I th- I think that that's probably the 
right price point for something like a PS5. Something as powerful as a PS5 or an Xbox Scarlet. The nice thing about technology, too, is that it does drop drastically in price in a short amount of time. Right. So they only have to take a loss for like a year. (laughs) Yeah. Just a few years ago, solid state drives were through the roof. And now you can get a terabyte for like $100 or something ridiculous. Yeah. I mean, they're... the price will come down considerably over over the lifespan of the console. And so it does make sense to sell them at a loss to get people in and then make money on the games, which they do. And a game like Halo Infinite, by the way, what a trailer. Holy yeah. cow. That game is going to move systems. So they Better. will make a lot of their money back <laughs> with with Halo Infinite and and not just Halo Infinite with Halo Infinite uh master chief edition which is 109 dollars <laughs> comes with, comes with a plastic toy hel- well is that is that the helmet that can actually be worn or something no that was the uh that was the doom helmet i think frank that we saw in the in the bethesda uh, trailer the dude, yeah I was, halo, I was just making that 5, up about master chief. halo 5 actually came with the the actual helmet like the collection can you helmet. imagine if they release a halo vr and instead of the vr kit you put on the helmet frank would never take it off I would be fired from my like job that. for not. Sh- I would never. I, I, would, I would never. Sh- exactly. I, I'd be walking into work and they, they would fire me. Uh, but but uh, yeah. Yeah, we'll have to see, man. Next gen is going to be. Inter- yeah, I was gonna, that's why I moved on because I knew you didn't remember. Next gen is going to be. What's that? Did are we are we moving on? Did, did you hear that? Not work, work. Yep. Yep. Back to back to work. <laughs> back to work, boys. Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order. Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order. A game that. I'm hyped for because I like Star Wars, but I'm also not hyped for at the same time. Like, I'm going to play this game. I'll tell you right now, I'm going to play Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order, but I'm only going to play through it once. I'm only going to play the story and move on. There's nothing there's because there's nothing there keeping me invested. Like, how many times are you going to get kicked before you realize that your master's an a-hole? Like, all these Star Wars games always piss me off. And how many times do I come back and be like, hi, I love you. It's good to see you. Is it because no. of EA that they piss us off, though? Yes, absolutely. Is the reason yes. why. Yes. But now we have a game that is going against the mold of what EA has really and you know done and drilled into our brains with Star Wars games and just their games in general. But it pisses me off because it's so identical to what Visceral Games is working on. The game that Amy Henning was heading up, the Uncharted like Star Wars game that I really wanted to play. This is also a narrative driven first person or not first person, but narrative driven single player third person game, much like Visceral's was. Yet they closed Visceral and canceled that project and threw all those people out. Well, that's EA. That's that's cannibalization at its finest. That's what they do. But who knows if this wasn't the foundation for that game? And then they just said, you know what? We can make it better. We'll just close you down and take it and repackage the assets. And I have faith in Respawn. I like Respawn as a team. I wasn't a huge fan of Titanfall 1. Obviously, Respawn, Vince Pinella uh, coming out of there from Infinity Ward and Activision and Call of Duty. You know, the brainchild behind the original Modern Warfare, which is getting a reboot later this year. But Titanfall 1 multiplayer only didn't touch it. Titanfall 2, fan freaking tastic story and was my personal first person shooter of the year. Of that year, you know, it came out right smack in between Battlefield and Call of Duty. Titanfall 2 was better than both of those combined. Like, I absolutely loved that game. The story was phenomenal. So I have full confidence that the team knows what they're And that's what excites me. I'm hoping the game plays well. It looks great. I'm just hoping it plays well because it does look a little boring in certain areas. I think if you put a different skin on this game, put you know, put it in 
Medieval Titan England. Fall 3. Give the Titan guy a Fall sword. 3. What if it was Titanfall 3? That is not where I well, thought you were going. Yeah, me too. That's why. Detroit Rock City. Let's go. That's why I said Titanfall. I didn't think you were going to go Medieval Sword. In, instead of a droid, he has a raccoon that sits on his back, right? And he's fighting, you know, an, an invading country instead of stormtroopers. This game would not be very interesting, no. I feel like. It 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 really just looks like Uncharted with a Star Wars skin. And I do think that, again, it's a Star Wars game. I'm going to play it. You're going to play it. Mm-hmm. We're all going to play it. And Actually, I don't think Sean will play be- it. I don't think Sean will play it. Nope, I'm the last holdout. I am the yeah. bastion of goodness in this I think, world. I think I will not. I will not play it. Honestly, I know you, I myself, and Frank will play it, but I, know, I don't think Sean will play. It. I'll play it. I mean, I'm going to play it, and I, I think it's going to be fun. I do not think it's going to be a bad game. I just think it's going to be a game that we've played before with an uncharted skin. I really think that when this comes out, it's going to be unfortunate because it's going to fall somewhere around like a six five or a seven, and that's going to suck because Titan, not Titanfall, but Respawn, they're so good at what they do and they're they craft and I, I bet you it's going to have an amazing story but it'll fall short somewhere in the game and that's what's going to that suck. being said the force powers really do look pretty they fun to do. use I, I feel like they, they did a good job with the force powers the jump and the pull and the push and uh, all of that really looked neat that part i am looking forward yeah i was I th- super I excited think this game, i think this game's, this game's gonna surprise you brian this is gonna be this is gonna trend higher than you think I hope it does. Frank. I hope it does. I hope it yeah. does. Like it deserves to, because not only is it time that fans of Star Wars get a good Star Wars game, because we haven't gotten one in a long. Let's be real. Yeah, we For, haven't Force Unleashed one. was the last good one. I I actually probably agree with that. Force Unleashed and Knights of the Old Republic are probably the last two that were really really good in terms of Star Wars games. So it's we're long overdue for a good Star Wars experience, but. I like Respawn as a team. I like what they do. And I don't want to see them fail strictly because they're owned by EA. So I want this game to do well because I want that team to succeed. I want Bioware to succeed. I want games to succeed. I want everybody to really succeed. But I just really, really, really want to see this game do well. And I hope it does. Do you guys ever think that you're the only person in the world that is blank? Like, I'm the only person in the world that's ever done this or the only person in the world that's ever done or that feels this way. Yeah. Yeah. You ever ever feel that way? I think that I'm the only person in the world that doesn't like Knights of the Old Republic. You might be. Okay. I think so. I think so. You actually might be. (laughs) Why don't we just drop him from the car right now? (laughs) All right, guys. It's been fun being part of Level Down Games. We'll see you later. (laughs) You actually might be one of the only people. That uh, doesn't. What don't you like about Knights of the Old Republic? Let me just ask you real quick. It, it did not age well at all. I, it I didn't age well at all. But did you play it? it did out. you play it when it first came? No, out? No, I tried to play it years after it okay. came out. And revolutionary it just, it when it first came out. Revolutionary when it first came out. And that's why probably true. I bet. I bet you. If I went back and tried to play it now, I would probably feel that it wasn't that good. But back in the day, it was probably true. Probably true. And I wish I would have played it back then. But now, holy cow, that game does not play. And then they made an MMO that, you know, just it, it's it was good for a while. And then it's not so much anymore. Hey, that, hey, 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 wait, uh-uh. wait, 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 did I hear something? What? I don't know. I heard I heard of something. What did you did you what, what happened? You, heard, you OK? You heard, you heard. Hey, hey, hey. Oh, no, I I heard a noise. I thought you played a noise because it was time to move on. No, no, no. I like those EA Star Wars MMOs. I wish they did that better. I wish they would. Oh, I wish it was a better game system. Too. Trust me. <laughs> oh no 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 brian it no, is, it is think, free to play i think those games are great i think the problem was is that people quit playing them and then they lost their their uh flavor 
Because you know what I mean? we're, we're talking the Old Republic, but at least I am. I wasn't talking Star Wars Galaxies, but I'm talking Star Wars the Old Republic. They they just lost sight of what the game was and they lost sight of what made it fun yeah. when it first came out. And that's what that was unfortunate. And the some of the planets were just my God, mind numb. But anyway, uh, hopefully Fallen Order. I don't blame the game. I blame the player. <laughs> hopefully Fallen Order is good when it comes out uh, November 15th of this year. Rule number one, dog. You never blame the player. You always blame the game. Absolutely. Blame the game always. Hey, guys. Brian here from the Max Level Podcast. We didn't record this section while doing the actual show over the weekend, but we're going to be debuting a new segment on the show starting this week and moving forward. Simply put, it's a preview of this week's upcoming BG Mania, a video game music podcast episode. It'll make a lot more sense next week when done in a normal episode. But for now, we're going to take a listen to a track from the recently released Cadence of Hyrule on Nintendo Switch titled Wiz Robo Boss, composed by Danny Baranowski. to BG Mania this Wednesday morning on your favorite podcast app of choice to hear myself and Franco in depth with the game and listen to some wonderful music. Enjoy. Doom Eternal is game number four. The only game really that excited me that is that we're going to be able to play anytime soon from the Bethesda conference because Bethesda's conference was not good this year. Yeah, why do they oh, announce games seven years in advance? What's going on? They they need to take a step back. And I was having a conversation with somebody in the comment section of one of our YouTube videos. I actually think it was the Bethesda one where they should have taken this year off. They should have. And Frank, you and I even said that at the end of the Bethesda conference. Yeah. Bethesda should have taken this year off. They should have announced Doom Eternal. Well, they, they didn't have to announce it. It was already announced. They should have did a full blowout of Doom Eternal at Microsoft show. Like it should have just been there. Put Doom Eternal there, announced Ghostwire Tokyo and Deathloop, which is a game we're not talking about today. But Deathloop was another IP that Bethesda announced that we're not going to see for a while. Announced those two games next year or something like that when they have more to say. Uh, uh, I correct you here. Well, Wolfenstein, they, they talked about. We're, we're Are you, well, were you, I just want I wondered if you were going through your notes there because I heard you yeah, flipping yeah, through yeah. something. Yeah. Uh, Wolfenstein looks fun. I, I, we're not talking about Wolfenstein either. Wolfenstein comes out next month. That's the the one where Frank and I are going to play that together. Well, I actually I actually will record our gameplay for that and put it up on the YouTube channel. Like because I like when you and I do games together. I always usually catalog that and put it up on the YouTube. So we'll do that. But I I'm excited for that. But Doom Eternal looks mm-hmm. like a lot of fun. Like it looks chaotic. It looks like Doom just up to eleven. It looks like a lot of fun. Plus, there's that. Slayers versus monsters mode or whatever the hell it's called or beasts or something. My biggest fear going into Doom Eternal was that they were going to get rid of some of the parts that made Doom 
the the doom remake so much fun yeah. that game is so chaotic and it's so fast and i feared that they were going to try to add too many things to the game that was actually going to slow down the gameplay they made it faster of, dude they made it faster <laughs> which i that's i mean that's all that i could ask for the the soundtrack of the first game is so good mick gordon and, on soundtrack duty mick gordon oh it's so good man and this one sounds like it's going to be incredible too i mean yeah, what why if you if you've played Doom from a few years ago, if you've played it at all, you have to be excited for this game. That oh, yeah. is, in my opinion, the best first person shooter probably of the 2010s. Potentially, potentially, yes. yeah, potentially, yeah. I th- I think we could make a strong argument for that. So that just should instantly get your hype level through the roof for Doom Eternal. Do you remember when? Uh, I think it was the Game Awards. Mick Gordon came out and actually did the. Uh, that he shredded of over the doom eternal or the doom 2016 soundtrack. I think it was the 2016 game awards, actually either 2016 or 2017. We have a reaction video, I think on our YouTube channel, but they actually had him come out and play two of the tracks and it was just so metal. And that's, what's so good about doom eternal is that it literally just is so heavy metal. It's so demonic. It's, and that's, what's so good. Like it's just fun, dude. Speaking of demonic, that's the part that I'm actually really excited for is okay. the multiplayer. Just playing as a demon trying to kill Doom Slayers. Yeah, so it's one demon against two Doom Slayers. So it's kind of like, you know. Other way, other way around. Is it two demons? No, yeah. I thought it was. Two demons, one, oh. one Doom Slayer. Okay, I thought it was the other way around. But either way, that's super cool. I keep hearing a noise when somebody goes unmuted. Is it me, Sean? Yeah, I was gonna say, I knew I heard something earlier. I keep hearing something. <laughs> I'm sorry. Although, we, we did gloss Sean's over off most, duty. We did gloss over, it's not in the list of the most important thing that was announced during the Bethesda conference, though. Uh, Fallout 76 is Battle Royale. <laughs> we can quickly mention it here because I really don't have much to say else on Doom Eternal. Like, I really don't have anything really to say on it because it's just, it's there isn't who cares about the story, right? Nobody gives a fuck about stories in doom. It's dooms about going in there, killing demons, blasting your way through hell, apparently blasting your way through heaven as well in this game and just having fun. It's going to be fun. Sean, I do want to get your opinion on this though. Fallout 76 is battle Royale. How are you feeling on that? I thought it already was a battle Royale. <laughs> when I logged into that game, there was always some chump running around with a big mark on his head on the map. And he was just wrecking house with everybody. I, I, I thought that that was the most appealing part of the game. I thought, okay, I just got to avoid the douchebag. This is a fun game. Like that's the point of the game. <laughs> what else do you play Fallout 76 for? Like, what? there's nothing what else you, there right now. Why do you have a BR mode in fallout 76? Because you have to have a new overseer. <laughs> And apparently oh to become overseer, you have to win a, a 1v49 battle royale. Did you see that um, they are introducing NPCs, though, in some of the updates moving forward? Which is exciting. And I will play the game again when the NPCs come out and give it another chance. Well, we already own it. We might as well go. That's in what and I mean. Check it out. When, when the NPCs come out later this year, I will reinstall it. Um, I think the update's free. If it's not, I'll be mad. And then I'll give it a shot. You know, maybe the BR mode is actually a good idea because it actually gives people a forum to be the douchebag. And so you, you're not going to have as many people running around in the PVE area just griefing. Hopefully that might be that might be a good way to look at it. I'm going to try to stay positive. The glass is half full. What's up? Hopefully, hopefully, hopefully. I want to move on because I want to save as much time as we can for our last five games. So sure, sure. Game number 15, Shedmoo 3. 
I know How not are you to, gonna, not going to spend eight minutes on this. Well, because I'm the only one that's probably excited for it. So it's. it's I gonna, say we instead just talk about Planet Zoo. So uh, in Planet Zoo, you get to Planet Zoo's going to oh be fun. Planet Planet Zoo will be fun, and I think Zoo Tycoon was such an amazing game, and Planet Zoo looks leaps and bounds better than that. So that's exciting. But okay, back at the ranch, Shenmue is Shenmue Three, 3 going to be on different platforms, or is it a Sony only game? I think it will eventually be on other platforms. I mean, it's it's on PC as well. But it's, is it it's developed PS4 by PC. our good friends over at? It is not. It's is that, developed by no? Ease, EaseNet, who was able to you know to get rights to to do this from Sega. Uh, Sega has oh. nothing to do with Shenmue Three. I mean, they they well, put then out. It's not going to be good. I disagree. <laughs> they they put out Shenmue One and Two. <laughs> To they put out Shenmue one and two remastered to you know remind people of of why you should be excited for Shenmue three because I'm sure Sega wants it to do well it was their IP at one point but what we're starting to see with Shenmue three and for the longest time it looked rough I mean you know the character models looked interest or not interesting but they looked bad things just were were not progressing the way that I wanted them to after it had such a successful Kickstarter but now we saw it at the PC gaming show last Monday. And it looked significantly better. Like the animations were well done. The animations were totally redone, which was cool. The facial expressions were redone. It was nice to see the new faces. And it's the fact that they brought Yu Suzuki out on stage was such a feel good moment. Like the man deserves to have his ideas finished. Shenmue was originally meant to be a six part game. Shenmue was going to be a six part game when this game was conceptualized and because of the issues that Sega had, because they fell out, you know, the first one came out of the Dreamcast. The second one came out of the Dreamcast in Japan, but never came out of the Dreamcast here in America. Microsoft bought the rights to bring out Xbox on the original Xbox. We got Shenmue 2 and then it just went away and we never thought we were going to see the conclusion. Like we at least lead it because the first trilogy was going to meant to be about like, you know, Rio and following the the guy that killed his father and all this kind of stuff. I, I forget his name. Lon D, I think is his name, actually. But that was going to be like what the original trilogy was. And then the next trilogy was going to be something else. But it was going to be a six part game. We need to at least see the conclusion of Rio's story. And we're actually going to get to do that. And you could just see like the the look of gratitude and the look of just appreciation on Yu Suzuki's face when he came out during the PC gaming show. Like this is going even if the game sucks even if it's bad it's a feel-good moment for the industry because we're finally getting that point it's a big deal this is a game that nobody thought was ever going to happen this is a game that nobody ever thought was going to release and we're getting closer and closer now it did recently get delayed obviously they pushed it from its uh august release to november 19th which i think was smart get it out of the way of all the big games coming out at the end of august it was going to come out on the same day as warcraft classic which was a big deal for me because those are two big games i really want to put some time into so Put some separation into that. Shenmue being in November is probably smart because the crowd that's going to buy Shenmue and really support it isn't the same crowd that's say going to buy all the big November games. Pokemon four days earlier. Well, yeah, that's what I mean. But the Pokemon crowd mm-hmm. and the Shenmue crowd, two totally different crowds. The Pokemon crowd, and the Star Wars crowd, which Star Wars is on the same day as Pokemon. Those crowds, totally different. So. I think putting Shenmue there where they did still before Black Friday, still so that people, you know, parents can go out there and they because it is going to get a physical release. They see it on the store shelves. Oh, hey, my you know, I, uh, I think my husband played this on the Dreamcast. I'll buy this for him for Christmas. Like you might still get some sales for that. So that's cool. And I'm excited to see where the story goes. 
there's going to be a lot of hype for this leading up to its release. There's going to be a lot of fanfare when it comes out and it's going to be really fun. And that's going to be exciting to see this holiday season. So I'm looking forward to that. But again, I know I'm the only one excited on the show. So can, 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 uh, can I play Debbie Downer? I say this game flops. I don't think it. I, oh. I, like, like I said, even if it flops and I said that I said, even if no. the game flops, it'll still be a feel good moment. Celebratory thing for the industry that that, that I won't take it away. But I, I don't think this is going to be a, like a successful game. It's going to go either way. It's going to be one or I, the other. I, I, get, I, I get proved wrong a lot. So me saying this is actually a good thing. It's going to go one way or the other. It's either going to be really successful or it's going to be ter- terribly unsuccessful. So it's going to go one way or the other. So we'll, we'll wait and see. But I'm glad we saved enough time for the last five games. We're actually sitting at recording time an hour and 40 minutes. So we technically have an hour and 20 minutes to celebrate or to these next five games. And I'm, I'm still using the word celebrate because it is episode 100 here on the Maximal podcast. And uh, we, we are trying to not only celebrate the fact that we've made it almost two years worth of shows, but the fact that we just came off this E3, a lot of good things to be excited for here. And the next game, potentially one of my most anticipated coming out of E3 as well, just like Cyberpunk 2077, The Legend of Zelda Link's Awakening. What they decided to show Ooh. at the Nintendo Direct for Link's Awakening was phenomenal. And I was excited for this. I was excited for the remake. I was excited for the art style. I was excited to see how they make this game longer. It has to be longer because Link's Awakening is a very, very short game. Link's Awakening released on the Game Boy, not a long game. So we got to get something here. But then they, they showed made it us bigger with the dungeon builder. That's what I was just going to say. Then they showed us a Zelda maker. <laughs> Zelda maker is one of the biggest reasons to be excited for Link's Awakening. And we will, between the four of us, spend countless hours remixing Zelda dungeons making our own Zelda dungeons and running through them. I hope, 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 hope we can share them online or share them at least with each other because that would be fun. But there are rewards for going through there and making a Zelda dungeon and then completing it. And that is fun as well. Did you see who runs the Zelda maker? No. It was damp. It's Dompe. Oh, really? Okay. Damp. Damp. <laughs> damp. <laughs> yeah, dump it. like, it's moist. Call it taquito and taquito, man. <laughs> Let me get one of them taquitos. I, I pronounce it because that's the way you say it in America. Okay. Make her sing a gu- make yourself a gush dang quesadilla or something. <laughs> yeah, let me get one of them pizzas. <laughs> you know what? The the Zelda Maker looks really super duper fun. I I am with you, Brian. I really hope that we can share them online and I challenge each other with super difficult dungeons. That will astronomically increase the playtime and replay ability of Link's Awakening. Like you said, not a super long game. Super fun game though. I don't think I would put it down. I don't think I would put it down if that was the case. I think I would put. I got a question for you guys. Okay. Um, If you remember, this game originally came out on Game Boy, regular Game Boy. Okay. And and, and then on on Color, it came came out DX. It had the DX dungeon. Yeah. Are we going to have like a special Switch dungeon or are we going to have the the DX dungeon going to persist? Like. I think the DX dungeon will be there, but I think the special Switch dungeon is the Zelda portion. You know, the, the they did say in the, in the treehouse that the DX dungeon is in the game. Yeah. Oh, they did say that. Okay, I didn't yeah, that's, that's why I said DX, the DX yeah. version is in the game. Yes. Yeah. And they said that it's not as novel of a dungeon in this one because the DX dungeon was in color, which the original Link's Awakening was not. So they call it the color dungeon. Mm-hmm. And color is just not a novel thing in video games anymore. Every game so it's is not a color. as novel of it. Yeah. Yeah. It's not as novel of a dungeon anymore, but it will be in the game. It's and it's it is a fun dungeon. If you've played that dungeon, it's a good yeah. dungeon. It's a fun gin. <laughs> <laughs> 
sorry. The, the chickens like that too. I apologize. Was that the cuckoo? I was or whatever? expecting that sound effect to be a lot better. <laughs> <laughs> Whoops. Uh, another thing I need to happen in this game is I need them to persist with the fact that if you steal an item, they change your name to Thief from the, for the rest of the game. I oh, it forgot will. about that. Yeah, that's got to carry it will. over. That's got to carry part over. Part of the trailer, you see Link in the shop pick up an item and go behind the shopkeeper that's exactly what he's doing they're they're I, they're teasing that i they have to be why would they put that in the trailer yeah that's true i think there's so many things that we really not not only probably not missed but just didn't pick up on right away like from that trailer because that was a jam-packed trailer for for what it was for just being a couple minutes long i i'm super excited for this and the fact that it was september dude september 20th i think it is that's yeah. so soon that's three months away like we are going to be playing this by the end of summer, and that's super exciting to me. I think one of the more exciting parts about it is that it's eligible for these Nintendo Switch game vouchers program too. Yeah, yeah. yeah I mean, you can get a game for twenty bucks off essentially if if you get this if it's full price well, and ten bucks off, right? Ten bucks yeah, per game, twenty total yeah, 10 for bucks, two sorry, games. Yeah. Twenty bucks off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Um, but it is exciting that they're offering such a mainline title in that program. And then you go on there and look and you actually get a good bang for your buck. I mean, that's that's kind of cool in and of itself, because maybe someone who's on the fence like me, who doesn't want to pay 60 bucks for a remake of a Game Boy game. Yeah, maybe I could get in at 50 and feel a little better about it. Yeah, but I don't know. That being said, Nintendo has been ballsier with their sales lately. They have a sale going on right now. I don't know if it'll be going by the time this drops. I hope it still is. There's like. There's some deep what, discounts. Like There's the some deep discounts on sale right now. There's some deep discounts on the eShop this weekend. Yeah, it's good stuff. And, that, and that's exciting. That's exciting. I, you know, honestly, the Zelda game, though, it's a great thing to hold us over. It, it, you can get in on it with the game vouchers for cheaper. You can play it until you have a, you know, what, 2020? 2020. You can play that in Pokemon, and that'll get you through to Animal some of the Crossing, new stuff coming out yeah. next year. I know Kyle and I have talked extensively between each other about the vouchers and I think we've each said, yeah, we're going to buy like six or something like that and just really spread them out over the next year and get all the big games. And I think I'm still going to do that. Like, there's no reason not to. Why wouldn't you save the money if you could? Oh, I yeah, I'm actually sure. going to get four because they delay. They haven't the put delay Luigi's Mansion. Oh, Luigi's. Well, that's because, again, because they, it doesn't have a concrete date or an, well, Animal Crossing does. And it's but Animal Crossing is next year. I, I think that everything that's on that list right now on their website is 2019 with a concrete date. Well, I hope you, I hope hope you're right. I hope I am too. It's, it's all in 2019. Yeah. It's all 2019 and it's all concrete dates. But if animal crossing has a concrete date, why wouldn't they put it on there? The vouchers are good for a year. Yeah. I wonder if they're going to come back and say that only games released in 2019 are work for it. Like they could do so many different things or they just add Animal Crossing later. Maybe they don't want you to know what's on there because they want you to buy more. Maybe they're going to add it later in the like, you know, January or something. Oh, by the way, this is part of the program, too, because they want you to then buy two more vouchers. <laughs> I don't, don't know. You play think with that. my heart, Nintendo. <laughs> I, I actually would be more inclined to buy vouchers now if I knew Animal Crossing was going to be on it. Yeah, I think a lot of people would probably. Oh, yeah, I that's what I mean. I would get six if I knew that Luigi's Mansion and Animal Crossing were going to be. Yeah, just to save 10 bucks on it alone is is reason enough. I mean, I would hold on to the other voucher and just use it on something else. I will say the voucher program, super scary. You got to know what you're doing because you go on there and you can redeem a voucher for a game that for sale is on the shop right now for sale for a lot less. 
And so the good news is they have built in the voucher program where you have to redeem it on a full price game. And then the second one you can use on something that's maybe not uh, full price if you really wanted to. Oh, that's, so, something, I mean, that's, that's something to keep an eye on because you could potentially lose money then if you're not paying attention. You could, because right now you can redeem it um, for Mario Tennis Aces, and it's already on sale for $40.19. It does say it on the voucher list site, but I mean... Oh, so it, it tells you on, on the, the website Switch, that Mario Tennis is on sale? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's, that's they have good. a list of the games on the website. It tells you, but like still, you kind of look at it and go, oh, well, if I want to get my value, you know what I mean? Like, even if you redeem a full price game and then you get Tennis Aces right now, you didn't save any money. Right. So that's kind of the deal where you got to look at it and maximize your benefit. I'm telling you right now that I think I will put a ton of time into this game comes out and and not even just for the story. Like I'll I'll play, I'll probably play through that fairly quickly. If it's anything, you know, if the Game Boy version is anything to go off of, I can't imagine them making this too much longer. I bet this game's going to clock in somewhere. The Game Boy version was what, four hours, five hours if we stretched it out a little bit. Wasn't long. Wasn't even sometimes wasn't even that long once you learned what to do and could run through it fast. If they add a couple hours to it, a couple dungeons, maybe we get close to eight to ten hours, which would be fine because with Zelda Maker, we're going to get an additional 10, 20, 30, 40 plus hours out of this. And I am just really excited for that. Like I said, I really want to go in there and I'm hoping because I'm looking at the PR and they, they've still not said anything. I really am hoping that we are able to share our dungeons with other people and that would be fun. That would be I a called lot of fun. I called making the official lowdown games level. September 20th is what they're saying here. September 20th. Uh, they're calling it. Players can also earn chambers. and Yeah, players can also earn chambers and arrange them to complete objectives in the new chamber dungeon. So Ooh. it does. That's the that's the Zelda maker aspect of it. Doesn't say if it's shareable online. It doesn't even say if it's that in depth. This could be something totally not even what we're anticipating it being. This might be a very so much stripped down version of a Zelda maker that it, it's it doesn't invest us that much. You know what I mean? Maybe we don't get hooked like I think we're going to. I don't know. But I think if the chamber dungeon does well, that in the future we will see a full fledged Zelda maker, And that would be exciting to see as well. From what they showed, though, <laughs> I don't know. To be honest with you, from what they showed, I wasn't too hyped. And, and I mean, okay. you can hate me for that. Come fight I me. Don't. Come I don't. get some. I don't. I don't care. But I just I, I wasn't too hyped on the level where they had two pillars and a rock. Well, not not every not every not every screen in a Zelda dungeon is going to be spectacular. You got to have you got to have the filler. Know. You got to have the filler. I, you know, I, I tell you right now, every level screen on the original Zelda, it had a lot of substance to it. Usually. I mean, if it, if it was wide open, it had mobs. The, the beginner level, maybe not. Level one was kind yeah. of more like a, you know, buffer there. But all of them had something going on, whether it was water, tiles that moved, things that shot, mobs, like different, even like different torches where you could light them or whatever. I don't know. I just felt like the room was a little bare when I saw some of those. I agree. With Maybe that. it's beginner stuff and they didn't show off the good stuff. I, I don't know, but it looked also like a prototype, of course. And it yeah. looked like there were ro- there was room for that map to expand in like the, the chamber dungeon thing, because there were only certain slots unlocked where you could put things. But there were a lot of other blocks there, like a lot of other grid tiles that were shaded yeah. off. So there there definitely looks like there could be room for expansion or maybe you have to somehow level up in that to unlock more tiles and unlock more blocks. It's possible. The grid had a heart shape in it, right? Like it was just the, unlocked in the heart shape. Correct. And the rest of it was shaded in. Yes. 
Right, right. So maybe we could actually, you know, unlock some of those shaded ones to expand the map size. And maybe we'll actually through playing the chamber dungeon. It would be kind of cool if we unlocked, say, new tiles that we could put in the dungeons and even make, you know, more expansive or more extensive dungeons like that. That would be kind of fun. I think that would definitely extend the replayability of the game for sure. But Link's Awakening, I know for a fact, we're all excited for that for the most part. So it'll be I want to move on to game number 17 which is another Ubisoft game, the last Ubisoft game we're going to talk about today. But it's the most ambitious Ubisoft game I've ever seen in my life. Watch Dogs Legion. This game looks cool idea. Incredible, dude. Like we (laughs) we made a joke at the beginning of the Ubisoft conference that like the entire conference was just going to be Watch Dogs Legion because they spent the first 18 minutes on Watch Dogs Legion. But for good reason. Because we had to see what this game really was like through the leaks, all that stuff that came out before E3. We knew that you're going to be able to play as any NPC in the game. We had to know how this worked, how they demoed this at E3. Dude, that is so cool. You can go out there. You see an NPC. You can see what they specialize in. You can if you need someone that is skilled in hacking, you could try to find an NPC that specializes in hacking. Every NPC in the game has a recruitment mission that must be completed before they join DeadSec. So every NPC in the game, you think how much content that is. If every NPC in the game has an introductory mission, even if some of those missions repeat themselves, if they're similar missions or, you know, maybe just one or two things change here or there, or even if they're identical, if every NPC in the game has an introductory mission that must be done before they get recruited to your team, that is a ton of content, potentially hundred, a hundred hours alone in just recruiting NPCs. If you decided to recruit them all, which you probably can't recruit them all. It's probably impossible. I'm going to. You could try and I probably will try as well. But I like Watch Dogs. I liked Watch Dogs 1. I think Watch Dogs 2 is fantastic. I love Assassin's Creed. I like games like that. I think this game is going to just be fun to jump in, recruit some NPCs, tackle a mission and jump out. This is going to be a game that I own because it's not going to be a game that I just sit there and play for hours upon hours on it at a time unless the story is good as well. But the recruitment is going to be so much fun. You know what was missing, honestly? And what? It's weird to say. Towers? No, we saw no hacking for the most part. Oh, yeah. That's true. That and towers. we it's one of the most important parts of Watch Dogs was hacking. Like we saw a whole mission of him driving along and like red lights. Like, yeah, hacking CTOS. You, hack, you hack CTOS, dude. You got to hack the you got to hack the system. You got to do all these different things to change the world. You're right. There wasn't any hack. Now, yeah. we did see the little spider bot thing go in we there. Was like a little a little yeah. bit of hacking, a little bit of stealth type mechanics that way. Speaking of freaking badass grandma. Come on now. X we did see some parkour grandma. Yeah. Yeah. X freaking. She's one of the characters I'm actually uh, hyped on. Uh, the other one was the black guy who was like a uh, Luther. Or, uh, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Very like the XCIA agent. Super cool looking character as well. He did that, that's a badass John Shaft, son of a bitch. I wanted to play as that guy. But uh, me, myself, I want to recruit a child. I want to I want to recruit in like, the game, everything. In the game. I want CIA if you're listening in the game. I want to recruit child in the game. <laughs> I was like, this is going somewhere fast and I can't wait to see where we stop. This is going to be fun. How many lists did Frank just get put on? More. No, he's, he's, he's already on all of them. So it doesn't matter. He's already on them. Yeah. He's already on all of them. So it doesn't really matter. 
But I think that nah. this game is very ambitious and I'm hoping it does well because the, the tech is clearly there. They have the tech. It's running. We've never seen this before. So we get in 107 characters, you know, bonus stage last week. We talked about it. One of the questions that, in my opinion, one of the games that you are able to recruit the most amount of characters. There's going to be more than 107 in this game because we already saw in the trailer more than 107 NPCs walking around. I think that. I, man, I'm really hoping this game isn't too ambitious. I'm hoping it's not. Dude, permadeath. Permadeath, yeah. When a character dies, you cannot bring them back. And I like that they highlighted that because the the one character that saved the hacker guy who you needed to recruit perished. He died. The drones killed him. And that's when Grandma stepped in and she finished the mission and she recruited the uh, the kid to hack. And that's what's exciting. Like grandma didn't know what that guy did. We did because we're playing the game, but she had to like, OK, well, how far did he get? Where did we go? What what left off? Where do I need to go? Like it ties it in that way instead of just assuming grandma knows because the player knows that's exciting. Like they're thinking about that kind of stuff. And permadeath is a very exciting concept that a lot of games explore. I mean, Fire Emblem Cadence of Hyrule has permadeath like it's it's fun. And I'm excited to see what they do with this. Uh, Frank and I, you and I have been talking a little. Uh, Sean, Kyle, any excitement for Watch Dogs Legion? That's that's why I'm going to play an entire army of grandmas. So when they die, I don't feel that bad <laughs> yeah, because yeah, it was yeah. probably their time anyways. Yeah. He's going to go to the entire army. You're just going to go to the exactly. Shady Acre. All right, ladies, listen up. Time to relive your glory days. Yeah, arts and crafts time's over. Put that quilt down. Let's do this. Grab your rollators. We're hitting the this man the ambition is through the roof for this game the ambition it looks really really cool it definitely something that's never been done before i'm i'm pretty hyped for it and it's not a game again not a game that's right up my alley this is not my type of game i'll check it out first yeah if if they if done well this could be a game that I think a lot of people gravitate toward because there's so much stuff to do. All these different characters to recruit. Each character has their own playstyle. Each character seems fully voiced, which is a massive voice cast. This is going to be incredible, I hope. And we don't have to wait long. March something. 10th, I think it is. I feel like that is I a don't, long time. <laughs> I don't want to think about March 2020. Yeah, March, March, that's, that's a long March 2020 time. has Final Fantasy VII Remake and Watch Dogs Legion so far. And I'm sure there'll be more. And moments. Animal Crossing. And, and, and the, Animal think, Crossing. And I think the Raiders like officially go to Vegas around that time, right? Maybe. Oh, gosh. Cyberpunk's the month it's after. too much going on. In- Cyberpunk's the month after. Then Avenger, Avengers is in May. May. I think I said oh Avengers for March earlier in the show, but I definitely meant May. So, yeah. And then February is uh, Gods and Monsters. And that's literally February 25th, a couple of days before all this stuff comes out. So start putting have, money in your piggy bank, kids. Yeah, it's going to be an expensive three month time period. It's going to be a lot of fun, though. Three months time period. It's going it, to. There's two systems coming out that year. Oh, yeah, I know. Like, but it's <laughs> going to be an expensive zero money in 2020. No, it's going to be ridiculous. And, and hopefully there's some breaks here and there for us. Like, you know, it'd be nice to. I don't know. Just get like a really bad August or something. I could use yeah, a really like, bad August. Even yeah. just like a shitty summer. Like uh, only Madden comes out in the summer. Like that's all that comes out. August, just Madden. August and a 2nd. Madden spinoff. <laughs> <laughs> no, now let me tell you, if a Madden spinoff called NCAA came back, I would be so happy and I'd buy that. No, one. you guys are sleeping. No. You need NFL Street. NFL Street has to come back. I want Blitz. Yeah, Blitz was good too. Blitz was fun. Blitz well. was good, but I do miss NFL. 
I I miss a lot of things. Man, dude, the college football games, like literally, those <laughs> including <sold> my youth <laughs> <laughs> and my hair. <laughs> those yeah, those sold better than Madden sometimes. So uh, three games left, and three games I think we're going to be able to stretch out for the last. 30, 40 minutes or so that we're going to talk here where we're just crossed the two hour mark on our recording time. Game number 18. Let's go. Ori and the Will of the Wisps. I'm going to let Kyle yeah, take this no, one. I'm going to let Kyle oh, start off on this my one. Gosh. Okay, I'm a, I'm a huge Metroidvania fan. My game of the year last year was Celeste. The year that Ori and the Blind Forest came out, that was my game of the year. I actually like Ori, but Ori gets compared to Hollow Knight. Usually those are the, they came out, you know, in a similar time, similar aesthetic as well. Absolutely. Similar aesthetic, similar play style, lots of exploration. I like Ori better than Hollow Knight. I agree. I think that, I think that Ori and the Blind Forest is one of the most gorgeous games I've ever seen. The exploration aspect of Ori and the Blind Forest was so much fun. And I, Brian, I think it was, telling you or i was talking about it on my stream i think when we watched the trailer for ori and the will of the wisp yeah because i remember you watched this one during your guitar stream yeah they somehow took the beauty of ori and the blind forest and doubled it i mean i i was watching this trailer that they showed and somehow it looks so much better than ori and the blind forest and ori and the blind forest is one of the most beautiful games I've ever played. You know what it is? I've rewatched that trailer. It's the depth of the background. That's exactly what it is. The background goes so, so deep. And there's so many layers in yep. the animation of that background that it looks unbelievable. It looks 3D without having a 3D headset on. Like without having anything, like it looks like the game right. is popping out at you. The colors help. The colors obviously pop. It's a very vibrant looking game. But the depth of the background adds a lot to that game. And I think that's something that we didn't realize with uh, not even just this kind of game, but a lot of games that are side scrolling act platforming type games like that. The depth of the background has a lot to do with how we perceive the game. And that's super cool. This game looks gorgeous. It's fun. Or in the blind forest was super emotional. I'm hoping this one is as well. That's what really hooked me about Ori was the, the emotional level. The soundtrack was phenomenal and the gameplay has always been fun. Actually, February. This is another February game. This is coming out in February. I am not a completionist gamer. Usually, occasionally I do complete games. This is a game that I I'm going to say I 100% completed this game. There's one area of the map that I can't find out, like a Uh corner of a room that I that I didn't uncover. So I got 99.9% completion in this game and I didn't feel like we got to We got to round up. We got to round up. So, yeah. So so this is the last game or not the last game that I completed. The last game I completed was Super Mario Odyssey. Every outfit, every moon, every coin, everything. Uh, I think Frank did the same thing, actually. Did you, Frank? Yeah. I'm proud of you. That's it. That's not an easy feat. <laughs> I've, done, I've done that. I've also done a uh, Breath of the Wild. Every Korok scene. Oh, yeah. Every... You 100 percent of that one, too. My wife did Breath That's of the Wild. 100%. Oh, she found all what? the Korok seeds. Wow. I told, didn't I tell you? I th- didn't I tell you she's a completionist? I just said that. You said that, but I don't yeah. think I knew she completed Breath of the Wild. Every Zelda game. Skyward Sword, Wind Waker. Yep. I, I knew Everyone Skyward Sword. Hey, 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 Brian. Yeah, his wife has beaten more high rules than you. <laughs> no, no, she's just beat Probably Skyward not. Sword. <laughs> yeah, but she did beat Skyward Sword. She 100 percent in Skyward Sword. I'll be I'll beat Anyways. Skyward Sword when the remaster comes out on the Switch. Or, Ori and the Will of the Wisp. Uh, what were we saying? Oh, 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 okay, okay. I do want to share one concern that I have watching the trailer. The trailer is beautiful. Okay, it's fun. It's a moving trailer, but it's very action packed. It's a very action centric trailer. There's a yeah. lot of 
combat in the trailer. There's big monsters, big beasts that are chasing Ori. And that's not the hallmark of the first game. The first game is kind of a quiet, slow moving game for a lot of it. It's about exploration way more than it's about combat. And so I'm I am nervous that this game ditches the exploration for combat a little bit. I hope that it doesn't, because that was my favorite part of the first game was how many different paths you could find and and getting into different regions and environments. I hope that sticks around. I hope that it doesn't become a majorly combat focused game. But if it does, I'll still play it. I mean, like I said, the combat is not bad in the first one. It's just not the hallmark. So I'll play it. I just, that that is one concern that I have about it. Otherwise, this game is is gorgeous. Beautiful. I think cannot wait. I think I think the trailer did that just to show the fluidity of color and like just the the, the scope of things going on. Of course. And I, I hope that's the I mean, and just you know, it definitely showed Ori looks a whole lot like Stitch now, doesn't he? Very much so. Yeah. Very much yeah, so. Yeah, definitely got definitely got a little Disney overhaul. Yeah, his oh, his, his character didn't look so similar in the first game. It definitely he went through a little bit of a redesign for this one. But I'm excited. Like we love these kind of games. It's It's got platforming elements. It's got action elements. It's still going to, I'm hoping, keep some of the Metroidvania that we loved in the first one and that we've loved in other similar games. This has potential to be a huge game in the first quarter of next. Like, I know we've talked about, you know, Gods and Monsters, Watch Dogs, and we haven't talked about Animal Crossing yet, but we will. We've talked about all these things that are coming out in the first quarter. Don't sleep on Ori because Ori could Definitely surprise a lot of people and be one of the better. Maybe it ends up being the best of the next. Like that would be I'll be excited to see what wins Q1 2020 Thunderdome. If this is not in Game Pass, I will cancel my Game Pass. It's in Game Pass. Every Xbox game is day and date Game Pass. Yep, it will be. It'll absolutely be on on day one Game Pass. Uh, They've already said all first party games are so we have nothing to worry about. Uh, they're adding a lot of things to Game Pass. It's there's 107 games on the PC version of Xbox Game Pass. And I think there's 200 and some on the Xbox one of Game Pass. So Xbox, the you know, the console version definitely has a lot more variety and a lot more games available to play on Game Pass because they have certain contracts. But now the contracts Microsoft are signing are for both PC and Xbox and not just Xbox. So I'm sure we're going to see everything that comes to Game Pass will be if it comes to Xbox one for sure. Special shout out to Microsoft for their conference, though. I actually really enjoyed Microsoft's conference. And the major reason reason that I enjoyed it was because of the Game Pass reveal. Yeah, absolutely. It's such I a big deal. What a, what a great reveal and what a what a good service I think they're putting out. I think that's going to be really big. It's such a big deal. Ubisoft, you know, doing you, you play plus during their show, 1499 a month, getting you access to all their games day and date. Uh, I actually want to take that idea. And, and I still think it's too much. I don't think it's too much. Uh, because, again, you can jump in, jump out. Like, why wouldn't you want to pay 15 bucks to play Watch Dogs in March instead of 60? Like, it's not too much Agreed. because there's no contract. You cancel after March and then you played Watch Dogs for $15 to play a game over 60 is a no brainer. You buy, you pay the 60, you pay the $16 because it's fifteen ninety nine or no, it's fourteen ninety nine. And so a game pay. like a game like Watch Dogs, you could probably play it and get most of most of it in a month, in a month, at least, of you know, if you want to play. Absolutely. If you don't give a shit about the multiplayer, if you just want to play through the game and you just want to do the story, you want to see what's there. Fifteen bucks for a month access. And you're not only getting watchdogs, you're getting everything else that's on there when you decide to play. So if you want to jump into something else during that month, you can. If you don't want to, you don't have to. I'd rather pay fifteen dollars for a game than sixty. I don't think it's too much. I think they could charge fifty for a game pass. And it's I would still pay that because it still saves me ten dollars. If I could save money, I would pay anything besides sixty bucks. 
So they can charge whatever they want up to 60 and Game Pass still isn't too expensive. But I want to take that idea and I want to talk about next week on the show, I think, to give you give everyone out there a little idea what we want to do, or at least what I want to do on the show next week. I want to talk about a hypothetical Hulu type of service where these third party could come together and create a service for their platform to have their games on there because Hulu was a joint venture between NBC, Fox, all these other companies when it first came out and they all put their content on there. What if Bethesda, Activision, who who else doesn't have one? Square Enix, all these companies that don't currently have their own pass. What if they made a, a Hulu type service and they charged say 50 bucks a month, but you had access to all their games. That would be cool. I want to talk about that next week on the show. So we'll do that back to uh, Ori and the Will of the Wisps. I think that, This game, like I said, don't sleep on this in the first quarter because this game has the potential to surprise a lot of people. If you've never played Ori in the Blind Forest, sign up for Game Pass and play it. You owe it to yourself to experience that game and get ready for the sequel. Which has an introductory price of $1 right now. Correct. So you can legitimately play Ori in the Blind Forest, which, like I said, was one of my games of the year just a few years ago for a dollar. Yep. Yeah. And for a dollar, man. No brainer. I buy that for a dollar. No freaking brainer for like that's access to 100 games and you're getting some great. Let's move on now to our penultimate game on the list. Game number 19 of our 20 biggest games of E3 2019. We're going to talk Final Fantasy 7 remake. Holy crap. What a blowout. And holy crap. Does this game look amazing? Dude, two full Blu-ray discs. Yeah. For just part one, like we're not splitting this. This isn't disc one and disc two. Like we're talking PlayStation. No, no, no. The entire part one. And we did find out that there are several parts. This is an episodic release. Part one is coming out on March 3rd, March 3rd, 2020. Part two, they said that it will take less time to make part two because they have the groundwork done. Like they really wanted to focus on Midgard for the first part, which I understand Midgard is a huge portion of it. They feel like there's a lot of content to tell and a lot of story that could be told in Midgard. And I think there is, you look at how massive Midgard is when they dude, when they zoomed out on the city, all those different sections that we saw, all those different areas, those all could potentially be areas that we go to in the game. Like, In Final Fantasy VII on the PlayStation 1, the original release, we didn't explore much of Midgard. We explored, what, 15 hours of it, maybe 10 hours of it. Sometimes if you rush through, there's things in Midgard that are worth exploring. There's stories there worth telling. This is going to be massive. They're going to add so much content to this to make this a full-fledged game. This is going to be a 30 to 40 hour probably Midgard experience and that's awesome because that's double the length of the original game. So man, just seeing well, the- it's in the title. It's it's uh, it's all there, bro. It, it's a remake. Yeah. It's not a remaster. Correct. If you if you want to have It's a more game a reboot. So much more. It's more yeah. a reboot than anything. Well, it's like Advent Children game yeah you know what i mean like it it just it looks that quality gameplay all the time and then you have all of these different places of the city that you can now experience that you couldn't before i'm down i mean the the game just looks gorgeous it really does if if i owned a ps4 it'd be no problem i honestly like i probably will will more watch stream of it of course first um, but I'll tell you, uh, the game just looks so gorgeous. I I wish more than anything that Square puts it out on Stadia. Like maybe. that would just be maybe that would be like amazing if they could do that. But I don't think so. I think it's a PS4 all the way. And 
maybe later it comes out on something else. But if it does, I'll probably pick it up. Yeah. Now you're you're, you're a big fan of seven, right, Sean? Like that you're because you're I know you're a fan of like the older Final Fantasies. Yeah. You know, seven, seven is amazing. I never owned seven. I never I've never beaten seven, but I've played it. Yeah. And I, I bought it on the phone and I just didn't like the controls. I, I didn't think it was very fun. You okay. know, it, there's a reason why it's only like eight bucks or something, right? right? Like or 15 or something. But um, I am I am enticed to get it on the switch. And and I think seven was one of those games that just kind of changed this, this whole landscape of RPGs. Absolutely. I you mean, it, well, this is where we talk about the golden age of JRPGs a lot, like back on the SNES and PS1 era. Final Fantasy seven is a big reason for that golden era. Like that just ushered in a new generation of JRPGs. You look at everything that came out after seven, all these things like it, it really is a monumental game. It's a very pivotal game. Like it's something that should be celebrated and needs to be experienced. And what they're doing with this remake reboot, whatever you want to call it, it's it's exciting. A lot of people are upset that they're taking out the active time battle system. Now, the active time battle system is still there, but it's a reworked version of the active time battle system to where it's not it's not turn based. Like it's definitely more action oriented. It's definitely has a more action RPG feel to it, more in line with, say, Star Ocean or Kingdom Hearts. But the active time battle is still there. Like you still have to wait. You oh, Final Fantasy 15 did that. You still had to yeah. wait for your meter to recharge before you're able to attack. So you're able to move around on the field, but you can't attack till your active time battle system recharges. And you say you have an attack to select. So they, it just gives you a bit more stuff to do while waiting for an attack, but you still have to wait to do the attacks as the boss battle that they showed at the start of the Square Enix conference was super cool against like the mechanical spider beast type thing. That was exciting yeah, the, to watch. The scorpion. The scorpion. Yeah, it was, it was a scorpion. Yeah, because right, I remember the tail now that you say that. But don't seeing, attack it when its tail's curled up. With the, when the tail's curled up, that means it's like it's got like the nano shield or whatever on it. And you have to. It's gonna, yeah, it's going to poop lasers all over you. you know, the game needed the mecha- they needed the mechanics to change. Yeah, the, the game had to become something different for it to come out again. It just cannot be anything more than that. It, it was so realistic when it came out. We had never really seen a JRPG combine elements of fantasy and then uh, like modern technology and all that stuff at such a high level. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like the game is all about like futuristic type stuff and mechanical things. And we saw a taste of that in FF6 when you go to uh, Vector and and you see like a different kind of city and and something that you didn't typically run into a whole lot in the Final Fantasy game. So I. To me, if you're going to open up the world, open up the combat system, it's perfect. I, I, I think that that lends itself very well to the experience. And honestly, it makes it more realistic and believable in a sense. It, it More relatable. How about that? Okay. Cloud Cloud is not a, a super jacked dude. Okay. He's, he's, for the most part, looks pretty skinny. His arms are buff, sure, but they're not like ripped. He's got a big effing metal buster sword. Of course, he's not going to be able to just swing it willy nilly like it's a Devil May Cry game. You know, this it's it's a different feel to it because there's parts of it that are taken into account. You know, it's going to take Barrett some time to reload his arm cannon. You know, it, it's going to take Tifa some time to wind up a big punch or something like it just it, it lends itself to what the story is about. It's about people fighting it. They're, they're not like super beings. Barrett is a dude with a machine gun arm. Tifa is a chick who just knows how to punch really well. 
Like, yeah, just normal so, people. You'd they like have you magic. Me, you know, <laughs> we could we could go out tomorrow can and I fight be, Shinra. Let's do can it. Can I be Tifa? <laughs> I can be. What are we learning about Brian right now? <laughs> what, did, what did this trailer unlock? Dude, Tifa, man. That, that reveal of her character. World. You, we, we hadn't seen her yet. We, we've only seen certain characters. Tifa, gorgeous character model. Did you see... Now, now that I'm thinking about this, now that I'm thinking about the character Biggs models... Biggs and Wedge look good. Biggs and like, Wedge look even, great. Barrett looks great. those guys. Like, there was a... Somebody on Twitter actually like zoomed in to the character models like in in like 4k or whatever they have pores and they have like little tiny vanilla facial hairs like even wow. even even Aerith. like you know females have like you know sometimes it's, it, it's hard to see but it's there everyone has facial hair they're actually adding that kind of stuff in there character models in games having pores this might be the first game to have that you know what i'm excited for though when you bring that up is Red 13. Yes. Like, my I want to see these guys. The fur, dude. Come on now. Even Genova. Even Genova. I want to see what they do with her. Like, it's just there are so many parts to FF7 that people don't really remember that are just a little off the wall. Like the gold saucer, chocobos, everything. The golden saucer is going to be out. so much. Dude, there's going to be hours of content with the golden saucer alone. Well, there already was. I know, but I'm talking new content. You know, they're going to add new stuff to that. There's going to be new games to play. There's going to be new stuff to do. The Golden Saucer, it was a decent thing to do in the first game, but it's got to be massive in this remake. It has to you know, be there's also there's, there's also a lot of room to improve things that they kind of phoned in in the game when they Agreed. made it. Like, you, you go to Nibelheim and that mountain where they first find it Genova and everything. It, it looks really bad going back. It did not age well. It, it's just this big Mako Shinra reactor on top of a funky looking spiky peak. But the, it there's nothing else to it. It's right. like, what is this? Why is this here? What? There's so much to explore. There's so much to do. I'm excited for that. Like, mm-hmm. this is a game that I could just watch. Yeah. Like, the forget the fact that you can play it and have fun doing it. I would just watch it. This is a game where I could sit next to Bruce and just be like, all right, man, fire it up. <laughs> Kyle, are you I'm, playing I'm this? Popcorn. Are you playing this? I mean, I'm not going to not play it. Okay, good. That would be ridiculous. <laughs> okay, good. I, have, I, have a, I have a really bad issue when something very popular comes out that I have to experience or I get like, I, I get like the, the syndrome where I feel like I'm missing out and everybody's talking about things that I don't understand. Yeah. And I hate it. Yeah. New TV shows, even if I don't like them, I got to watch them because I, I never want to be caught in a conversation where someone's like, oh, did you see that episode of Chernobyl? And I haven't watched Chernobyl yet and I'm dying. I've only watched episode one of Chernobyl, but I liked episode one. Yeah. And, and see, and I it was a big struggle for eight years not watching Game of Thrones when the entire world around me was. <laughs> I've, I only watched the first season of Game of myself and I still. But anyways, Final Fantasy seven. You, you know what? You know what actually really is exciting about <laughs> Final Fantasy seven from a technical point of view is that we're Tell getting me. to a point in gaming history where remakes are going to be game of the year contenders. Absolutely. This is a game of the year contender. as they should be. Well, They're- yeah, I, that's what I mean. But Final Fantasy seven. Strongly considered one of the best RPGs of all time. Absolutely. A lot of people, a lot of people consider it the best Final Fantasy or the best RPG of all time. They're wrong, but a lot of people think so. And Chrono Trigger. Yeah, I, I'm going to have to agree with Sean. I do think that Chrono Trigger is probably the best RPG of all time, but the, uh, Brian doesn't seem to agree. I've actually, I'm actually, I'm actually thinking Final Fantasy eight is great. Uh, 
Um, I'm a Dark Cloud fan myself. Pokemon Blue. Ooh. Also, also a strong contender. Yeah. Also a strong contender. Horribly made game, though. I don't know what I would One say is the, was the best RPG of all time. I don't know. And if we're talking JRPGs, I don't know what I would consider. But the best. what if what if Final Fantasy seven is game of the year? In I two different think years? It, I think it will be. And not necessarily, I, I, and I'm not saying overall, but I think some outlets will give the nod to Final Fantasy VII next year because it's going to be too. great. And I think that it deserves it. I think it's it's very much deserving of it because they're going to change story elements. It's going to be a different experience. That's why I wish they would have called this like a Final Fantasy VII reboot, because it isn't really a remake, in my opinion. They are adding story content to it, taking things out, changing things. I hope they don't change certain things because things definitely need to be there for emotional aspects and impact and that kind of stuff. But it'll be there. I hope so. But but I think that this story is going to be able to stand on its own and it should be a contender next year. I think they're gonna have to change the way they do things, just like they do in the Oscars. You're gonna have to have, like best original game and, and and best game of the year, just like they have like best original screenplay, best adapted screenplay kind of deal. Because maybe, yeah, uh, maybe that's good. You know, that's a good point. You, you, you want to give a, uh, an award to no, not only to the best game, but to the game that's like most innovative. Yeah, sure, you could change things in Final Fantasy VII, but it's still Final Fantasy VII. I mean, I I know how this game is going to end. You, they're not changing unless the end. they change the ending. Highly unlikely. I know, uh, you know, having played it, I know all the major story beats that are going to happen along the way. I'm sure there's going to be new things added, but you know, you're, you're really just gussying up a good game in general. You know, you well, know, I'm excited. I mean, yeah. When you look at this, it started a movement back when they. I think Final Fantasy is the first game in the JRPG market to really try this. When they announced this and they were teasing this, you started to see companies kind of peek up and go, oh, maybe we could reimagine these games. And and you know what? They should, because these games were limited. The stories were very limited by the technology we had at the time to experience them. If you could reimagine Final Fantasy VI, if you could reimagine some of these games that have these huge, expansive worlds that we were limited by their linear structure, how can you not give that a look and consider it a video game that's worthy of standing up against cyberpunk 2077 or any of these original games coming out. I mean, it is a brand new game. Uh, it's, it's just like gears five gears. Five is not a brand new game. If you look at it that way, <laughs> it's, True. it's but just, but, but, but any it's sequel, but it's an original story though. That's the, that's the thing. But it, this if is an original they, story. If, too, they add enough con- if they add enough content to this, I think we can make the argument that it isn't original. I, I mean, Marvel's I, Avengers I, I is that. pretty much the same deal. It's, it's, it's basically story. all the movies that in all the comics that you've ever read. It's just no, it's not. No, Marvel, 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 Marvel's Avenger is an original story. They said it's their own it, take it's, on it. It's quote not based unquote, on anything. an original story, but it's based off all the different comic lore of, that of you've course. ever read. Of it's course. based off all the movies that you've ever seen. It's based off every cartoon show ever released. It's not original. That's the point. Like the source material at some point will always be borrowed. I think if we if we start going down that route, we have to say nothing then. <laughs> yeah, all words made up, Brian. Like I, exactly it's just the way that it is. <laughs> exactly. Uh, but I do agree with Frank to some extent that yes, there needs to be a different differentiation. Oh gosh, I hope I did proper English there. Um, That's a word. Well, I, a differentiation. I, gra- a I graduated high school in Vegas. I'm sorry, guys. Um, <laughs> I think that he's right, though. I, I do. And, and Frank, you've got a great point, and I have to tip my cap to you. You're absolutely 100% correct that, yes, you need to have something that differentiates remakes or reboots 
from games that have come out from basically the first original debut. I, I do agree. And good, good kudos point to that. You know, you look at how can you put this nostalgia factor and everything that has Final Fantasy VII written in this little package against a game that has none of that. It's kind of at a disadvantage already. You know, I I agree, but at the same time, I don't think that just becomes just just because something is a remake doesn't mean that it shouldn't be considered for a Game of the Year award either. Remake should have its own category. Original should have its, its own category, and then both of those should be considered for Game of the I, Year. No, I, I I I agree with that. 100%. That's the that's the way it's going to end up being. I think in the future, yeah. As as we because because if the because if the remake is the best game of the year, why would I ever say no? You can't. It should be it. awarded as such. Yeah, right. Absolutely. Absolutely. And if you can't, and if you can't, and if you can't make a game better than a remake, well, then you go to hell. Well, yeah, so, something's in trouble. <laughs> I, I, I don't I don't know about I'll, that I'll, because I'll, I'll see you in hell. I don't know about that because Final Fantasy VII remake is is looking fun. It's I think it will be hard to make a game better than that next year. It's one of my favorite Duncan games. Bowser, hire so me because I want I, I want Super Mario Brothers 3 remake. <laughs> I I just want to see Vincent Valentine. I just want to see Vincent Valentine and yes, like that's all I'm waiting for. Like just give it to me. Like seriously, one of my favorite characters from Vin. I just want to see it. I just want to. You know, it. Frank, potentially with a uh, with Super Mario Maker two, you can see a Super Mario Brothers three remake hey! in the Super Mario's U style. You can. You Take that. Can. I'm Kyle Vaughn from Nintendo. <laughs> <laughs> we are just at ads here. just about to hit the two and a half hour mark, which leaves us just enough time to move into our last game. Game What's number, that? Game number 20 on our biggest E3 games of 2019. Animal Crossing New Horizons. Oh, Moving. yeah. I think a game that the four of us... A lot of our listeners, Jessica, a lot of people. You can, you can let it roll the entire day if you want to. A lot of people are hyped up see. for Animal Crossing New Horizons. We obviously did get a delay. Kyle, I told you we were kind of watching the direct together. I was like, man, it's September for Zelda. I had a feeling that that was going to mean a delay for Animal Crossing. It would have been cool if they slotted into the November spot. Damn it. I didn't want to be right, though. That's what I was going to say is I didn't want to be right about uh, that. I know because I, know. I, I really wanted to play this game this year. Uh, I was hoping that you were right, Kyle, and that they actually viewed it as a big game to, you know, to put it in the November slot. But then I thought about it. They put it in the March slot. March is the new November. They actually do consider this a massive IP and a massive thing. They put it in the same month as Final Fantasy seven remake. Watchdogs right before cyberpunk like they do consider this now like this is going to be their spring title this is going to it carry them be. this is going to carry them through the end of their fiscal year like this is they a big game it. yeah it's, no. fu- fuck your stocks it's not all about the stocks no, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> sick, sick of hearing about your goddamn stocks <laughs> to, to, to lose a dollar value of stock is not a big deal it's screwy because uh christmas present was going to be a switch in animal crossing for my sister it could still be a switch well, you know what well it could still be a switch but uh switch and a voucher switch and a voucher yeah there you go Here's the problem. You release a, an Animal Crossing game too late into the summer season. It 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 peaks too fast. It, you have to have that build. The holidays are correct. such a huge time. You can release the game, have, have all the summertime activities. 
boom Christmas, <laughs> boom Thanksgiving, boom New Year. It's like it. That's why I thought September was the off. month because September gives us 30 days to get acquainted with the game. Then we have Halloween. Then we have Thanksgiving. Then we have Christmas. Then we have New Year's. But we have all this shit. You're missing. You're missing something. The game is all about being on a deserted island. I know. No one goes to a deserted island when it's snowing and tries to build something. Dude, I'm like, I, it's I'm scared. Time to go in the spring. I'm scared for this game. The fact that like we at least a lot of my fears were calmed when in in the treehouse we did see you know it is a full fledged village. You do have a lot of customization aspects. You can build paths. You can build all these different things. But I'm scared about the festivals, man. That's what that's what scares me most. Well, no, the game's going to evolve. We saw it in the trailer. I, I mean, so. there isn't just a cabin with a giraffe living in it day one. You know, well, like her, they're going to move Savannah, in. Her, her, her name is Savannah and she sells carpets, dude. Yeah, yeah, you're right. You're right. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> but you see what I mean, right? Like the game is going to become the Animal Crossing game that we have grown to love because you make it that. That's the best part. It's I'm not just Shauna this stagnant village we that can't, you just move into and it never changes. We can't make holidays and festivals, though. They have to be pre-built into the game. They we, have to no, be No, they will be. They better. They're, yeah, they're but they'll be unlocked over time. Do. Well, yeah. yeah like, I mean, when when the holiday gets here in real life, because it's based on time. Who's to right. say that you can't go build the plaza when you're doing all this stuff and gathering all the materials and doing all these things and clearing the land and that would be amazing to put the plaza wherever you want. My biggest beef with Animal Crossing was you'd fire it up and your stupid plazas at the corner of the map and then the stores at the other corner and the bridge is like delete the town and make a new way. one. That's BS, man. <laughs> like, you know, you know, like, yeah, how many resets of towns I had? To Absolutely. Had to <laughs> Absolutely. On, it's finally a game that is completely yours. That's the mystique of Animal Crossing. That's what's so beautiful of it. it I it's hope just you're this right in that it actually experience that. that is That's tailored what I to you. I, I'm excited. I, I don't know if you could tell. <laughs> I'm, ex- I'm excited for the whole romance thing that they're adding to this game. My God. Yeah, There's no, a romance no, thing? Well, there, there always no. is with Frank. Are you talking about like where Hamlet says that he really likes Bo or something? <laughs> He's the Italian love machine. Yeah. No. I'm. I, can we talk about how nice it is that you don't have to rely want. on the one? Oh, well, thank you. You don't have to rely on the one bridge that's automatically placed in your town. pole oh vault, God. baby. Just pole vault over the river. Pole vault the river. That it is, seems like such a stupid little addition. It's a massive except addition. Now you can. It is so nice. You can go anywhere. You don't have to go all the way down to the bottom where your bridge is anymore. Oh my gosh! I'm the actual town didn't have one single bridge. There was no bridge in the town that they decided to show in the uh, in the demo version at E3 because it wasn't needed. Don't need it when you got the pole vault. I'm going to laugh if I see an NPC pole vault. I'm going to beat the crap out of I'm going to beat the crap out of the NPCs with my, my long ass stick. <laughs> I don't well, think you this can. is the net syndrome where Frank rolls around and tries to cast the net on people and it hits him. Right. I mean, I think Frank is looking forward to this game for all the wrong reasons. Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> the pole vault, the pole vault. And I know you said this in, in jest, but the pole vault is not actually part of your inventory. You just go up to the river and like push a button and the pole vault just materializes out of thin air. Who knows? Who knows? Maybe now the inventory system's revamped to where it's in your inventory, but you just go up to the river and press a button and it knows what you want to do. You know how many empty friggin' letters I used to carry with me when playing Animal Crossing? Oh, yeah. So I have extra spots. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> they they showed the inventory. In my backpack. They showed the inventory system in the treehouse demo, and I do not recall seeing the pole in the end. The inventory system actually is very 
it streamlined too. It a opens up just right above your head. Boop. Yeah. It's not a pause screen anymore. It's just yeah. boop, right above your head. You choose an item. Boop. It goes right back down. Very streamlined. Still not a lot of slots though, in terms of your backpack. Like they're, they're not giving you much room to carry things around. I think it is the same amount of slots actually, which I was hoping for a little Good. bit more of an expanded backpack. I wanted more room, but nah. maybe you can expand your backpack over time as well. It's, well, I know, mean, that, that really is kind of one of the only senses of resource management that that game has is, which is making sure that you have, we have to talk about. We have to talk about resource management because of the crafting system. Like yeah. you're going out there, you're having to pick up weeds you're ha- and you could sell weeds now to Timmy and Tommy. Like you can actually make money <laughs> off that. Oh, I, I used to sell weed in that game all the time. Yeah, Jesus. I, uh, like I said, yeah, we there's, 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 there's reason number three. It's been love with animals, beating animals and s- selling weed to animals. <laughs> you know what, though? The game has so many innovations that it teased. That is exciting. Like. Yeah, you can dig up a tree and replant it somewhere. That is something mm-hmm. that, like, wow, why didn't I think of that? When like, you yes, chop people trees, do that in real life. You're not actually chopping down your tree; you're just chopping wood out of the tree. I thought yeah. that was weird. Like, how I do like you? It. But like, to get rid of a tree, now you dig it up. You just dig it up, and you yeah. either you can choose to replant it or not. But you could probably cut it down enough to where it becomes a stump over time. It's like the game does things that are realistic, but not in a realistic way. You just walk up to a tree and hit it with an axe. Branches aren't going to fall off. And then you have some kindling. Like True. It, it has animations in the game that aren't accurate to what you're doing. But that's the charm of it is that you're going to discover stuff. And it makes sense once you think about it. That's the funny part. It's like, wow, why can I go hit a rock with an axe and like gemstones pop out? Well, you know, it's like a like a pickaxe type deal. You just chop some of it off with some force and boom, you got it. You don't have to kill the whole rock, you know, so it. There are parts of the game that people have never understood, but if you do sit down and really analyze it, it, it kind of makes sense. You have sense. to dig a hole to the side so you and one behind you, then you just keep on hitting that rock so you get as much. You're dang right, because I need my freaking 10,000 bells, dude. I'm not trying to play this game. Well, you need that money to plant it to have an awesome tree. That's just how it works. I got kids to feed. Uh, he's Slater. He's, <laughs> he's got kids. He's Slater. Can, can we talk about the sad thing that's happening here, though? What's that? Uh, no more Mr. Rossetti. No more Rossetti. I know. Oh, I was actually I just know. talking to uh, talking to Jessica about this. I was talking to Sean about it last night, actually, when we were playing Dead by Daylight. No more fact, Mr. Rossetti. In the last game, he was kind of gone, but like you, you, you had the ability, like you had the ability, up, like he, he he would move into your town permanently, like he'd be a permanent resident. Yeah, and I think that that, that I mean, Jessica was saying like if they really wanted him to be there, they could do something like that again. I don't think they oh, care. Put them in. I don't think they care. I don't think they we we don't. Uh, it goes back to what I was saying earlier. We don't necessarily need Rossetti. Cool to have him. He's not needed anymore. He's, though. he's an original, but he's not needed anymore, though. <laughs> what are the cops names? Cooper, Booker, and, Booker, and, Booker, and, Booker and Cooper, Booker and Cooper, dude. But Booker, and I mean, Cooper. Yeah, we yeah. don't need them really anymore either. But that, I mean, they'll be there in some respect. Uh, Having bringing back these fan favorite characters. Those, those those homies made me really rich in the original one. So let's keep them around. Why with the lost dude, crown? Are they, the, the, Booker was not smart. Aren't they just like the town guards now? They stand in by your gate or something because the, the yeah. police station isn't there yeah. anymore. Yeah, that's what I mean. You do you don't need them. We're in a the game. society. Sure, but they're going to be there again. Rossetti will be there. Rossetti's a fan favorite, dude. People. Love well, no, they, they they said right now Nintendo said he's not in the game. They, that's what that's what the report is. Is Nintendo has come out and said 
Boozle DLC pack, the Rossetti DLC DLC pack. My <laughs> new, new, uh, new Smash character. I'll drop the sixty bucks for it. Can care. you imagine a new freaking DLC for Animal Crossing? If they started doing that, people would throw a fit. Come on now. I wouldn't. I. You know what? It's a ga- It's a way to keep the game fresh. How many people do you see religiously logging and play Animal Crossing year two? They don't. And I love the game, and I don't. It just sometimes loses its savor when you've already done everything in the year. And then sure. you're like, I'm going to take a break, you know? And so Rossetti could come back. He could be a guy where like you, you manage all your resources and he comes in and you pay so many bells and he'll replant all the trees or he'll re- bring in rocks or whatever. Like he could be a, a map reset. You know, it, it, there's so many things they could do with the game that, we haven't even gotten to see or explore yet. And the best part is they said it right in the direct. They said they're showing off early portions of the game. Yeah, that's that was all early stuff in the game. All early stuff. And we're talking about all these new things and it's early. That's that's indicative of what's to come, in my opinion. There's a reason why they, they said that, you know, and so who knows, man, it, it, Nintendo can do whatever they want. They also said that Metroid Prime 4 was going to come out and then they scrapped it and gave it to someone else. And now it's not coming out. Like, it's not the first time they've said something and it didn't happen. So I don't know. I mean, I love Rossetti, dang it. I'm passionate about the guy. He really helped me out when I was low and and my system kept turning off on me and it wasn't <laughs> my fault, I swear. You know, he was very understanding about the whole situation. New so. Smash DLC character. Oh, Rossetti? Challenger or Rossetti. Rossetti. Yes. Coming to Smash. Graf- if you have Rossetti with his pickaxe. Rossetti restarts the battle. <laughs> <laughs> Graphically, this game looks great. Like, I love that they, I love that, uh, I forget her name, but she pointed out in the treehouse demo, she made a stop and look and she's like, just, just look at the trees. Like, she just wanted to point out that the wind was literally blowing through the trees and you could see that you could see the individual leaves moving on the trees. Like, yeah, it's not like a real life looking tree, but it's you with the, for the first time ever, we're seeing like this the world become a world like it's actually moving along with the force of nature. And that's kind of exciting to me. Is this the closest that any of us got to getting an E3 prediction right, though, when I said that there was going to be a crafting and cooking system and camping in terms of official predictions? Is this the closest we got? Probably. I actually did write. Down I was pretty wrong overall, but. I did write down everybody's predictions. I was wrong on all five of mine. Nothing actually. Uh, no, I actually I got watched. Watch Dogs 3 was my fifth prediction. And that actually did come true. But we kind of knew it was going yeah. to. So I'm really not going to take credit for that. Um, yeah, just scanning through here. That's probably the closest, which is pretty crazy, actually. Yeah. Champion. You said new outdoor no, camping, no, no, no. new outdoor camping area, motorized camper, customizable a customizable map, mini games in the camp. You can win camp badges, cooking mechanic, increased relationship dynamic between the villagers, and multiplayer with other players in town. You were pretty oh, that was, close. That part came, that part came you true. You were pretty hey. close. And you called it the Great Outdoors, which isn't too far from New Horizons. Talking about multiplayer, though, what a great feature. Eight players. You see all of your little buddies running up. Eight, eight players? Oh, eight I didn't players. see that part. Eight players. Yep. Everybody, they're at the end of the trailer. There were eight individual characters on screen. And in the treehouse, they said on a local switch, it's four. Online, it's eight. Oh, yeah. 
All right, orgies at Frank's house. <laughs> That's incredible. I did not know that. Yeah, so the eight individual villagers they showed, like, because it was eight playable villagers at the end, that was a tease for the eight character online multiplayer aspect. And all so eight that- characters online can be in a town at once. <laughs> no way. Because the local co-op on the same switch, honestly, I, I didn't like the look of that. It, when the main character would leave the screen, the other one would disappear and reappear next Online to Online multiplayer, I don't think that matters because everyone has yeah, their own screen. Exactly. Yeah. But local, exactly. so the, you do have to stay tethered. Yeah, that that I didn't like. I, I wish it kind of would have gone a split When are you ever going to ha- play Animal Crossing and have three people playing with you? Hardly ever, probably. Uh, on the same couch. It's not going to happen. That's what I mean. Like, I don't know, man. Like, if you play, if you're playing with your kids, it's one thing. Yeah, I've got a few kids, so. Yeah, but but yeah. So so if you're playing with your kids, yeah, they should probably be sticking around with you instead of just running around doing crazy things. Be a good parent, (laughs) damn it. It's it's Animal Crossing. They're not going to be like doing drugs. You're the only. (laughs) I don't know. Frank might be out there selling weed to them somewhere in the corner. (laughs) That's true. What what was that game that we used to play? And it was like where everyone played and and. Basically, it was like a platformer, like Animal Crossing type feel. And when you ran away from the screen, it zoomed out. You remember that game? It was like, uh, no, no, it was a Nintendo game. We used to play with everyone when we'd kick it. And it was like mini games. Oh, they should have had that kind of feature where if you run to the borders of the screen, you zoom out. How long ago was that? Point. How long ago? Yeah. When was this? Years ago. It, It was it was probably at least five years ago. I can't remember. It was on a Nintendo based system. Like it was a mini game where, uh, the plants would eat you and like different things like that. And it was like two teams versus each other. And then I don't freaking know. I'm going to go home. There's a game like that. I'll think of it. I'll research it. There's a feature on that game where it was not selling you any more weeds. (laughs) It was a multiplayer level. And basically when people tried to run off screen, it just zoomed the map out. And then once it got to a certain point, you couldn't zoom out anymore. I, I mean, it sounds it sounds should have been on Animal Crossing. It sounds familiar. I can't remember. We played it, though. I remember that. Who? I remember Who's we? Who's we? Games. Who's we? It was like me, Razor, Bruce. Okay. Uh, everyone's wasn't, wasn't wives me. were there. It wasn't me. Joe Bubby was there. <laughs> I don't, I don't have a clue, man. I don't freaking know. I'm gonna. I'll find it. I'll find it one day You're and I'll losing. tell you. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I await that day. Animal Crossing. Super excited though. Super freaking pumped. <laughs> like, like we talked about earlier, delay it if it if it makes it better and it's a it's a better working Absolutely. environment for your staff. Delay it. Yep. This Breath is the game. The this is the game they were talking I'm about. Not bad. That March. 20th, I will tell you. March twentieth. Can't get here fast enough. It's pretty disappointing to have potentially what should have been a six month swing on a game two months three months manageable like six months is a long time i mean i get it we've waited like what six years or something like that for this game but it was disappointing to hear they did a good job of managing that yeah no i think they did they they did a great job with the way that they delayed it and they said the right things about the delay that's what's important is they said the right Right. things about why they're uh yeah, I think we're all obviously super hyped on Animal Crossing New Horizons. I think all four of us are going to be a lot of time with that. But that's the end of our 20 biggest games of E3 2019 and our discussion on each of those. I know some of those we moved through quicker, quickly for you know the sake of time. We will revisit a lot of these games in the future as they get closer to release. But before we leave today, I want to talk about our most hyped games of E3. And I want to go individually one by one with our top three. Does anyone want to volunteer to go first? Does anyone know their top three off the top of their head? If not, I can go first. 
I want you to go first. I want to see what you can say. Because I wrote mine down. So okay, a... I'll I'll go first. Yeah, I've got mine too. But but you go ahead. I'll go first then. Uh, and, and no particular order for me. So I, I put, I, I really, and I'm gonna obviously, I'm actually doing these off the fly. I didn't actually write mine down. Uh, number one for me is Tales of Arise, a game we haven't actually mentioned yet here on, on the show. Tales of Arise really is, it's Bandai Namco Tales of game, but it looks like an actual next gen Tales game. The way that they're actually making that world, the way that they're handling it, super excited for that. Tales of Arise, number one for me. Number two is Cyberpunk 2077 for reasons we've already talked about. Number three, right now, coming out of E3, number three is Final Fantasy VII Remake. No, Final Fantasy VIII Remastered is what I meant to say. Final Fantasy VIII Remastered is number three. Switch on the fly there. Yeah, and that's that's my fault. I I was looking at the list. I was looking at the list, and I was looking at Final Fantasy VII Remake when when I said that, but I meant to say Final Fantasy VIII Remastered. So my top three, and if you haven't seen my reaction video for Final Fantasy VIII Remastered, Frank was there. Go check that out. Uh, what did I say? Tales of Arise, Cyberpunk 2077, Final Fantasy VIII Remastered. My top three most typed for E3. Solid. Solid. Who's next? I guess I'll take it. Okay. What's I your top actually, three? I had, I had stuff in mind, and I decided to scrap that and listen to what you guys had to say about this list, because I honestly think that my hype level will change after hearing what you guys have to say. Yeah. Um... You know, we we talked about it already. Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild 2 has to be up there. Even though it's a tease, I'm I'm so hyped for it. It came out of E3. I'm fine with it. It's got to be on the list, right? I agree. Of course, Animal Crossing New Horizons. Talked about it. Everybody knew I was going to say it. It's not a surprise. Moving on. My third one, though, I you know, honestly, I debated and debated. It might be Trials of Mana. Oh, my God. I forgot about Trials of Mana, dude. I probably would have put that on there over Tales of Arise. I'm I, not going to change I, my I, list. I'm not going to change my I list. Tried. But. I tried super hard not to put it on there because I know that we've got so many other good games like Marvel's Avengers. We talked about we talked about the new, you know, Dragon Quest Builders, too. And I thought, well, maybe I'll put the Dragon Quest Echoes of an Elusive Age on there. But honestly, man, that that Trial of Mana game looks beautiful. And I, I don't I'm not particularly proud of this, but when I was a kid, I had an SNES ROM emulator. We all did. Seeking Densetsu 3 was the one I played the most. It's the and one it that Japanese. never came out here. <laughs> it looked so good, man. It just was so beautiful. I can't believe I didn't put that on my list. You're absolutely right. That deserves a spot. Yeah. All right. Who's next, kids? All right. Uh, Marvel's Avengers by and far. Okay. In the number one spot, or is yours in no, no particular order? Oh, you actually put yours in order. Okay. Uh, I would. I wanted to say Legend of Zelda, but I don't think it's gonna come out next year. So, uh, Death Loop. Okay. And my surprising one, Twelve Minutes. Ooh, Twelve Minutes, another game I forgot about. Yeah, yes. that game looks cool. Twelve Minutes, the one that uh, you have what we think twelve minutes to solve this scenario and save your family. That's fun. That's fun. Uh, it's going to be definitely story driven. There's going to be a lot of emotional stuff there, but it's a puzzle game. You got to like figure these things out and you give me a good puzzle game. I, I, almost, I almost said that new miss game, but I don't think it's a new miss game. I think it's just a miss remake. Oh, yeah. Yeah. The one that they showed at the uh, PC game show. Uh, no, I think that was at the kind of funny, wasn't it? I don't remember. Was it? One of the two. Yeah, it was one of the two. One of the two. Anyway, Kyle, top three. All right, go. OK, just like Frank, I couldn't put Zelda in just because I do not think that it's coming out anytime soon. And so my and you guys are talking about Breath yet. of the Wild, too, right? For that when you say, yeah. yes, okay, the remake. Okay. OK, OK. Number one, uh, I'm with Sean Animal Crossing, New Horizons. I mean, I love Animal Crossing. What more to say? 
Number two, Spiritfarer, which Ooh, is in the Microsoft hell yes. press conference. That game looks really sweet, right up my alley. Build a boat where you're transporting souls to the afterlife. Wow, what a game. Looks like a very spiritual, uh, emotional game. Going to be right up my alley. That game looks awesome. Really excited for Spiritfarer. Uh, number three is a game that I'm actually shocked none of you put on your list because I thought you would. Midnight Ghost Hunt. Oh, oh. my God. Midnight Ghost Hunt. That Man. game looks so tight, and we only saw a little bit of it. We saw a little Frank bit. Frank and I were excited on it when we saw it at the PC gaming show. We were talking about it extensively while it was while it was being demoed. That is a game for us. Oh yeah, it's Dead I mean, by Daylight for the most part. It's, yeah, it's Dead by Daylight, but you're Ghostbusters, and and yep. the four survivors are now the four hundred. Yeah, and you, and you have so until cool. and you have until midnight, and then at midnight the ghosts get more powerful and they turn like and they can start hunting you. Like that's yeah, they're crazy. Get your booty or something. Yeah, like it's so much fun. Uh, I'm glad that we had a a nice variety there. Like I'm 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 actually glad I said Tales of Arise over Trials of Mana because that allowed Sean to put that on there, and we you know we were able to extend our coverage of E3 games to a little bit other things, which is cool. Uh, Boom, baby! N- Nintendo Land looks like the game you were talking Nintendo about. Nintendo Land. That's the game I was talking about. So it was when the you Animal Crossing the one where you had. eat the candy. Yeah, when you play the Wii U pad, if you have the two characters you control with the different analog sticks, the screen zooms out and lets you expand, but it keeps them both on the same screen. So when you're like the the killer or whatever, you're the hunter, you can like still see everything, you know? Yeah. So that's it's the actually, feature that Booker I would want Cooper, to see. Yeah, yeah. It was Booker and Cooper and like one of the games they were tied together by like a string or something like I don't, I don't remember, but um basically that's what they should have had in animal crossing with the local multiplayer co-op is if you walk away from the edges of the screen it just makes the map smaller and you can be like no hey come back and then it's actually a little more uh you know fluid of a gameplay experience instead of like the bubble aspect of super mario where someone else just like is at the mercy of the first player running across the screen (laughs) but um we'll see if they change that it's nintendo they do things yeah Special, special shout out to Freedom Finger. We want you. Freedom Finger looks fun you. too. Freedom Finger looks fun too. Oh, but that yeah. is that is actually going to do it for our special E3 recap episode of the Maxable Podcast, episode 100. Like I said, and I do want to take a minute here to to really thank each and every one of you out there that that is listening, that's been with us for whether it's one episode or 99 episodes. It doesn't matter. If you're welcome, Brian. Yeah, you've been there since episode. One, actually, you were on the very first episode. So that's pretty cool. Uh, you know, Shut up. Awesome that we had <laughs> Kyle and Sean join in on the podcast in the beginning of the year. <laughs> so, <laughs> oh, man. I have feelings, damn it. But I do appreciate it. I do appreciate all of you out there sticking with us. If you listen to this entire episode, you have no idea how much that means to me because this is a three hour episode. It's the longest podcast episode we've ever done between both Max Level and BG Mania. So if if you listen to this whole thing, kudos to you. Really appreciate it. But really, thank you so much for getting us to 100 episodes, hopefully to, you know, 100 more in the future. And just to see where not only Max Level, not only BG Mania, we just had our 100th episode of that one two weeks ago, but Level Down Games as a whole to see what we can do in the future and where we go. That's going to be exciting to see. And I really do appreciate that. And thank you as, as someone that, you know, this I spend all my time doing this. So that means a lot to me. 
But like I said, that is going to do it for this week. We want to thank you for sticking with us and listening to another episode of Max Level, made possible by leveldowngames.com. Regardless of the podcast service you're listening through, be sure to show your support by leaving a rating and a review, especially if you're listening through Apple Podcasts. We'd also be grateful if you could drop on over to our YouTube channel. That's youtube.com forward slash leveldowngames and subscribe to us there. You can see all of our reaction videos to these for stuff we talked about today on that channel if you want to. And if you haven't already, while you're at it, hit up twitch.tv forward slash level games and click that follow button. We're not live often, as I say all the time. If you want to follow someone that is live often, Tuesdays, Thursdays, and either Saturday or Sunday, streaming Dead by Daylight, streaming Rocket League, streaming Overwatch, streaming maybe Red Dead in the future, streaming, I don't know what the hell else you plan on playing. Guitar. Streaming guitar, you need to do that more often. Hey! Go check out the video on demand uh, from this past Tuesday on the 11th. Kyle did some excellent covers of guitar songs in Twitch chat. It was super fun to listen to. Twitch.tv forward slash Bruce underscore deduce, B-R-U-C-E underscore D-E-D-E-U-C-E. Drop him a follow. Catch his streams. Super fun guy. You heard him on the show the entire time today. Watch him on Twitch. He's fun to watch. Stalking us on social media is perfectly acceptable. Twitter, Instagram, Facebook will be the place to do so. Check the description box for the appropriate links. We'll be back next week with an actual normal episode of Max Levels. We move into episode 101. So until next week, keep gaining experience until you reach Max Max Level. Level. Two hours and 56 minutes. Perfect timing. Blow about your ass. (laughs) Shut up. (laughs) Ha, 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 ha.